are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time featuring Joe C. And then he couldn't fire his glutes later. Matt Hayes. I like dudes. Mia O'Brien. Can you take me higher? And Leon Searcy. Bringing you love, peace, and soul. How you like me now? How you like me now? Man, I, I, I always say this, and I mean it. I hate when it slips away from us, okay? I've had many things that have slipped out of my grasp. You all know that. Uh, many horror stories, but I hate that 2023 is slipping out of our hands. But we're going to celebrate until the end of it. Why not? XL Primetime on the road. Bold City Brewery has invited us back. We were in the noon slot last week when we were hanging out here. Bold City Brewery, the production house on Roselle Street in Riverside. And we are in the warehouse with the big barrels of beer right behind us. You can go to YouTube. You can search 1010XL. You can see us here. And then you can come on in because they got their high top set up. They got the bar set up and they've got the kitchen set up. So Bold City Brewery, especially if you're if you're already out of the Gator Bowl, out of the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl where Clemson and Kentucky are down to is it a two-point game? I'm pretty sure it's a two-point game. Big Search, can you see that? I think it's 21-19. Actually, yeah, it's a close was, game now. Yeah, someone's kicking off, so they did. They kicked a uh, – Clemson's kicking off. So okay, concern. so 27. Okay. okay all right. Uh, we, we got a close ball game. Yeah. But we are hanging out. We will be here until 6 o'clock, and we would love to see you. So if you want to give us a Happy New Year wish, if you want us to give you a Happy New Year wish, uh, we would love to see you. Now, we have on social media, Mia, a chance for someone to win tickets to the bank, the last game in 2023 uh, at Everbank Stadium. Well, do you want to do that on social, Joe? It's or totally up to you. do we want to collaborate a little yep, bit here? I like both of them. Uh, we, can, we can collaborate a little bit by, I don't know, uh, maybe because you looked on social and you saw we're at Bold City Brewery, you yes. come to Bold City Brewery, yes. uh, maybe you show up in your best Jags attire. Yes. We very much yeah, enjoy like, when that happens. Like let's that. see so, some teal. So let's see some effort. There we yeah. go. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's put some effort into it. And how about if we do it like this, okay? Now, we want to see some teal, but if you are wearing any of your, like, team colors, because this is a big bowl weekend, all yeah. that kind of stuff, like, we, we've seen Bama fans, Gator fans, Knowles fans, they all showed up last week. Uh, so do that, too. We'd love to see teal more than anything else, because that's going to give you a shot to get to the bank last go around here in 2023. But also, if you do have your other school colors on, bring it on. We would love to see it. Uh, hey, Rutgers, bring it on. That's okay with us, if, if you want. World's is, smallest vibe. That was a body hey, shot. Hey, listen, the only reason I'm taking that shot is because Florida didn't even qualify for one of these spots, okay? I don't know how many bowls there are. I think there's something in the neighborhood of like 55, which means 110 schools get invited. Yeah. Florida wasn't one of them. Yeah. Um, but uh, as J.J. told us last night, he was downtown in the nation's oldest, um, enjoying uh, he and his beautiful wife, Blake, enjoying St. Aug down there. She was wearing gator gear. And they did have some mm-hmm. Go Gator chance for her. So there's still at least some Gator pride out there, even though we have taken this bowl season off. Speaking uh, of the bowl season, uh, so, again, it's 27-21, although, oh, oh baby, right on oh, cue. Kentucky. The okay. Program. Mm, the, program the program just scored a touchdown. 
You know what? You know what I love. That's with, that looks like it's with about five minutes left in the ball game. Oh. Uh, up until that point, by the way, boys and girls, uh, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne appeared on the sideline. Yeah. And Clemson promptly went on a 17-0 run. Um, so, hey, the program has answered. Maybe Josh Allen showed up on the sidelines for Mark Stoops' squad because mm. uh, this is the first their offense has been heard from after fumbling the ball uh, several times over in the second half. You know, the one, the one thing I love about college football is that, that fans – They'll turn on you real quick. Yeah. All right? Listen. <laughs> I'm watching the game. I'm watching the game. Miami versus Rucker, and Miami lost the game. You know, granted, they had a lot of missing pieces in the game on both sides of the ball. So, we end up losing the game, making no excuses. We had a freshman quarterback, third-string quarterback, who got his first start. And we gave up a lot of yards on the run, and we didn't defend as well. And we made it the game late and onside kick and all that kind of stuff. I go on social media. And the fans totally forgot that Mario had the number three recruiting class in the country. Completely forgot. Completely forgot. <laughs> I mean, they, they've got him on the hot seat. Oh. They've got him in um, a firing ring. I mean, all this stuff that I've never, I've never seen fans turn so quickly on a coach within weeks, well, not even a week. Yeah, not, yeah, not even days. a week, exactly. And it's like we said yesterday, the, unfortunately, this is just where we are. I hate it. This is uh, the crossroads of college football. Uh, we're getting to a college football playoff, which I think will, will be huge uh, in, mm. in the sports world. But we're also at a crossroads where bowls, the, the talent that is jumping off ship or transferring, uh, is is ruining uh, a lot of the quality of the bowls. Now, look, I see a good crowd here at the Taxlayer Gator Bowl. I know there are plenty of good ones, that uh, Clemson fans that are here wanting to watch their team. Certainly the Kentucky fans are doing the same thing with a shot of bourbon, but it's just it's not the same, unfortunately. Well, it's just not. with perhaps the asterisk exception of yeah. the quarterback battle that we have in yeah. downtown Jacksonville right yeah. now. I said to Leon as we walked in here at Bolt City Brewery, I said I understand the argument that – you're not seeing mano e mano because Jeremiah Trotter's not there. Wiggins isn't there. That's a severe blow to a Clemson defense that, despite all its shortcomings this year, probably was a top 10, top 15 outfit all season yeah. long. But what you are seeing is both starting quarterbacks throughout the duration of this season for both Kentucky and Clemson are playing in a bowl game. Mm-hmm. And so if only on offense, if only quarterback versus quarterback, which I right. understand it's, you know, it's a team sport, but you at least for once, for once this bowl season, Leon, you're seeing both premier quarterbacks. Well, yeah, because the, the quarterback is the equalizer. I mean, he's the most important guy on the field. And if you got your starting quarterback who started for you the whole season long and you go into a bowl game against another team that has this starting quarterback, that's fair. You go into a game where you got Georgia versus uh, Florida State, Florida State's playing with a true freshman, and, and Georgia is going to be playing with Carson Beck. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, that's not a fair a, fist fight. Right, maybe a Heisman frontrunner <laughs> exactly. next year. That's not a fair fist fight. I don't care what you say. Yeah. So, so, But, yeah, I was listening to Lane Kiffin, and I was watching on social media. Lane Kiffin says that free agency during the season is not fair for college football. He said in the NFL, there's a period yeah. for free agency. And you know when it comes? It comes in the offseason. Yes. It comes months before you kick off yes, a real real football game. And the other thing is, is it doesn't happen every year. Were you a free agent every year? No, I wasn't. I don't believe you were. I wasn't. Right? No. You would like to have been. Absolutely. But. The way they, they, the they cast and checks. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I the, the college football world now has entered the room where they're saying, hey, it's a free-for-all every single, not just offseason, every single end of regular season uh, into the postseason. So it's nuts. It's nuts. All right, <laughs> so we've got so much to get into. Uh, and we're going to primarily focus on you, Jaguars. You can hit the text line, Design by Lifetime Enclosure, 641-1010. We'd love to hear from you because, honestly, there's got to be some anxious moments. All of Duval wondering. Uh, we were in, in the handoff talking to Rick and Hack that, that 
right now they are a touchdown pick. They're six, six and a half point favorites right now. It's going to jump to seven, seven and a half, whatever it might be, whenever they know for sure that Trevor's going to be out there. But this is a football team that has struggled to score points the last couple of games, totaling 19 points in these last two ball games. You know what that averages out to be? What is that? St. Joe Math is nine and a half, okay? That mm. ain't too – that's no bueno. And so – that's where we are. And this football team, in the worst way, Mia, needs to fix their offensive problems. And they've struggled on offense at home this year, asterisk again, yeah. against playoff teams, against the likes of, well, I shouldn't even say that, because against the likes of the Indianapolis Colts and Gardner Minshew, that offense right. came alive in the first half against the Tennessee Titans. The offense came alive in late November in the first half. And so, hey, on paper, Carolina Panthers, not a playoff team. Right. Should be a team that, if only on paper, you should be able to impose your will. Now, they do have a top-10 defense, which I think has been an underrated storyline throughout the duration of this week. And so that certainly could cause issues for the Jaguars' offense. But at the same time, if you force Bryce Young into uncomfortable situations, if you really are the think-takeaways, NFL-leading takeaway squad that you once believed you were, right. then that should set up the offense in favorable favorable position as it did in those two home victories earlier this year yeah and so that's where we are okay <clears throat> they have to get a get right game and if we go back in time Leon we've even described a few of these games as just get well games and yeah. we expected something and it actually happened they mm -hmm. did go and maybe take care of business but they've been trying to do that now three of the last four weeks against lesser opponents yeah well listen this is what I want to see the Jaguars do which they haven't done all season is play a complete game a complete game offense defense special teams I want to see the offense convert on third downs, move the ball, start fast, big plays, steal possessions away from the other team. Defensively, I want them to be getting after the quarterback, stop the run, optimi optimistic, still get interceptions, get fumbles, put pressure on this quarterback and special teams. Let's make some field goals. Yeah. All right, no. I'd rather touchdowns, but I'm saying but if we got to yeah, make field right. goals, let's make some field. Let's get a punt return, a kickoff return. Get the team into it. Get the team corralled. Get them excited. There's too much mulling around around this. It, this seems like this team, when they get in a situation, it's like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. And that, that's, that, that's not what you want. No, you, you don't, don't want, that. want that here we go again a mentality. You want to be able to corral around each other, support each other, have that energy on the sideline, then, then convert that onto the field, score points, and win a game that you're supposed to win. All right. Now, you know, I, we like to call them bold predictions on Friday with Bold City Brewery, uh, and I think it actually uh, probably feels a little more like you actually have to make a prediction this Sunday because nothing is a guarantee. So if you want to hit the text line, if you want to go social and give us a bold prediction, uh, you can do it, 641-1010, uh, and, and just let us know where you think the, the – the, the success is going to come from. In other words, Calvin Ridley had, what was it, a half dozen catches this past week, a couple of touchdowns. Evan Ingram had nine catches, 95 yards, maybe even 10 catches. Uh, where's it going to come from? Is ETN and whomever is running in the backfield, are they going to be able to help you to some success? Uh, or is it going to be maybe a defensive score? Well, what we do know is that the optimism regarding Cam Robinson is real, that he yeah. would be able to return on Sunday, and that would obviously be a huge boost to an offensive line that has struggled in his absence in general, but especially in that run game. Personally, I think you will see Ezra Cleveland at the left guard position. I'll be mm -hmm. curious to see if it is him or Walker Little, given they both are banged up. Right. And so that's the other side of the coin is they're banged up. Anton Harrison's banged up. It's no excuse in the NFL, but just by inserting Cam in the lineup, does that suddenly make this team able to run the ball? I'm not so sure. Well, you got to give them the opportunity. Let them eat. Yeah. I mean, like in that Ravens game, the first four plays, run, 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 run. Keep feeding them. Keep feeding that offense line. Get – 
give the offensive line an opportunity to get after somebody. You know, the, the, over the last couple of weeks, we haven't been able to run the ball effectively. We've had to play and retreat, pass, protect 30, 40, 50 times a game. No offensive lineman wants that. Establish the run. Now, if the coordinator goes in there and he says we're going to establish the run, you can't have penetration. You can't have two and three yard losses. You can't put yourself, you know, in second and second and twelve or third and whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to establish the run, move the chains, and let's do this. How about on third and one, we not being shotgun and let get the ball to the running back to score yeah. and get a first down? Let's yeah. let's see that. Please, you know, show me something different because I've been watching that for the last four weeks, and, and, and the I, big fellas getting a little upset. And the question yeah. is, Leon, is yeah. if we're all seeing it, why aren't they seeing it? I don't know. I don't well, understand. I think I think they're seeing it. They just don't know what the hell to do about it. And and honestly, I don't. I, coaches do not always speak the truth. Okay, and and they tell you that they know that they can you know fix these things, clean up the errors, and go out and play better football. But the essence of the problem mm-hmm. is not winning at the line of scrimmage. And I, and, I and honestly, I do not know how you fix that. All right, so let me let me just get on the soapbox just real quick. Because I know the essence of what they're going through is line play. That's number one. But I also put Trevor in the problem pile, okay, because he's mm-hmm. not playing clean. Go to old man Flacco. Go to old man flipping Flacco last night that at 38 years of age, he will be 39 next month. Is that right? I'm pretty sure. By yes, the time. he will in yeah. January. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so when the, like deep in the playoffs, which they have locked up their spot, he will be 39 years of age. Now I want you guys to visualize what you saw last night if you watched it. He threw to three different tight ends. He threw to a number of different wide receivers, not all of them with name recognition. Elijah Moore, one of the bigger names, went down hurt last night. Amari Cooper, certainly the biggest name, not available last night. Their back basic backfield includes backup in Ford and Hunt. And what are they doing? They are making plays against a Jets defense that is fairly respected in the National Football League. And Flacco, if nothing else, if nothing else, he is decisive and he's accurate. And those things work, okay? It's not like he had much more time, I don't believe. No, he than didn't. What, than what Trevor's operating he on. He didn't. And there was the one play where they did pull up the clock to yeah, see how much time he had. Yeah, they showed the five seconds. Had. But yeah. it was also, like, it was considered with him rolling out was part of the five seconds. Yeah, so yeah. I don't consider that part of your time in the pocket. Yeah. When, when Quentin Williams was, was on him and right. actually at hit him three in the helmet. At the three-second mark, he yeah. left. Yeah. Right. It was at, I think, 2.7, yeah. which is the average in the yeah. National Football League. That's when Quentin hit him, and that's when he departed the pocket. So I don't really count that as it's something that's exponentially better. No. But for me, there, there are a couple things. Number one, Joe Flacco in that first half was playing with house money he looks like he's having fun and I think that's a big reason why the mojo is turning their way the other part of this is that and I saw plenty of my friends who root for the Jets or cover the Jets were were saying this online last night he played with fire a little bit last night that one catch from Elijah Moore I mean Leon you saw it it bounces off the defender he catches it that only happens when everything's breaking your way (laughs) like what happened with this team a year ago so that's number one number two you couple that with the fact that then in the second half he threw for 12 yards. And he threw a pick that should have been turned into points. They couldn't even turn it into points. Right. right. Uh, and by the way, they So that's were, where, like, yes, Joe Flacco looked awesome last night, but a lot of it oh my gosh, could have yeah. gone the other way real uh, fast. Believe me, in my pick'em contest, I went with the Jets because I'm riding the idea that it ain't going to last, okay? Say it can't keep going Joe's way, but... Oh, he, can it? Well, it might. It might. I mean, he is... All right, how about this? And I, I'm going to try and, uh, like... I'm going to try and pull this from my, my, my beer memory, okay? How about that? The, uh, the Duke's brown ale was smooth to me last night. 
but in the neighborhood, they scored 34 points, okay? And I'll pull up the stat, but you have to go back in time mm-hmm. to where they have done this against a team in the first half, Leon, and I'll, I'll try mm. and make sure I look this up and make it make sure it's accurate. But the score at the half was what, 34 to – 34 to, to hold on, pull to, it up. It was 30. They, they might have kicked a field 34 goal. 34 to 17. Okay, so so it was 30. Okay, 34 17. Each team only kicked a field goal in the second half. That was yeah. all the scoring after such fireworks in the first okay. half. Al Michaels and mm-hmm. Joe Flacco both took a nap. Yeah, so mm. 34 points in the first half. They have not scored that many points since they scored 35. And you know, and you want to know when? Mm. When they were playing for an NFL championship and they won it in the mid fifties. In the mid fifties was the last time they beat that number in the first half that they scored last night. So it is rare air that Joe Flacco is operating under. But again, they feared nothing that was coming out of the Jets' <laughs> offense. That's why they went for it fourth and four in the first half of the game, did not get it, did not convert, because they didn't care. They didn't think they were going to struggle to, uh, to stop the New York Jets offense. All right, so let's get into a bunch of this today. Um, we've got picks that we have to make. Uh, J.J., did you get uh, Matty Hayes, uh, who's on vacation this week, and Coach Campo, I who's celebrating I with Jimmy? I will Jimmy. Okay, all right. They're so we're always on their them. phone, so we'll have. All right, so so we will get we will get their picks coming up. We'll have our picks. We want you to give us a bold prediction as far as what you think is going to happen. Uh, bold City Brewery is where we are. We'll tell you how easy you can come find us and maybe even score some tickets to the Bank Sunday. But Mia's got a that real quick. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. In Matt Hayes' absence. I will be the bearer of bad Gator news. Uh Although some of you probably are going to say, oh, that's not bad. It's Sharif Denson season anyways. Mm -hmm. Florida Gators senior cornerback Jaden Hill has entered the transfer portal, according to On3 Sports. Uh, Obviously, they already lost one starting, or I should say, yeah, starting. We can say starting, senior corner. Now they lose another. And so Billy Napier and company turn all eyes to the future. Well, you figure that is Kimber. You already know Marshall's gone. And then so that, yeah. That's the starting three. In terms of your veteran starting three in the secondary, at least at the corner position, they are gone. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. We'll keep an eye on that one. We're going to relive the year a little bit. We're going to go back and remind you of some of the championships that were won, some of the big stories. It is our last radio day uh, of 2023. So if you want to hit us with a memory uh, from 2023, you can hit the text line designed by Life time enclosures at 641-1010 or come here to Bold City Brewery and toast 2023 with us. What do we have now? Kentucky what? just scored again. It is now 35-30 after oh. the extra point. Oh, and the that program. was after Clemson hit a 52-yard field goal to go ahead. Uh, anyone take the over in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl? Let us know. It's XL Primetime. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. The final one of 2023, as a matter of fact. So you know you want to line up, text on in on the text line, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosure, 641-1010, with your big hair, heavy metal Friday song suggestions as we are rocking with you from Bold City Brewery. Like we said last week when we were here, folks, this is not just a place for great brews. They have a full-service kitchen. They got Duke the dog wandering around, too, by the way. I love the little boxer. It's Mm -hmm. nice. It's warm. It's contained, but it's not too hot. So perfect temperature, perfect day. And, of course, this is also the production house on Roselle Street, which is part of why if you're watching us on YouTube, which if you are, we thank you for joining us via YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, And you can see 
the lovely vats yeah. behind us. And uh, honestly, Leon, they got us up on the TV. And yeah. I hate to say it, but we, we look like we may be made for TV as well as radio. Well, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you right now. That Duke's thing just went totally over my head. The, the yeah. little boxer that comes yeah. around here. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I had no idea his name and was Duke. So, I'm looking at this picture right there on the wall right now. So I feel crazy right now. Well, the fact the dog name was Duke. So the original boxer yeah. was Duke. Okay. And it's funny because Brian and Robin, shout out to Brian and Robin, that set us up. They have run this brewery forever and, and believe in, in the process and everything that they've done recipe-wise, and that's why they have the staying power, been around since 2008. But anyway, Brian and Robin were telling us that they should have gone the Ugger route. They should have mm-hmm. named every boxer mm-hmm. Duke, but instead they yep. have different names for him, so they oh, may okay. adopt His name that. technically isn't Duke, but yeah. I'm calling him Duke yeah. for okay. promotional okay. purposes. Yeah, but, it, but it's, it's the cold nose brown <laughs> ale, and those boxers are beautiful dogs, and that's how it all started with the brown ale. Of course, you can get the Mad Manatee, the Bolt City. Those are two IPAs. So many other ones, the Killer Whale, uh, Duval Light, all of them are good. And by the way, if you are coming out, uh, or still at the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl and you're heading out, you can find Bowl City downtown. They definitely have the tap room there as well. So we've been, you know, batting it around, talking about all kinds of things. I might as well put a bold fact out there right now just to see what you guys think about this. Say that again. A little bold fact. Ooh, Here's ooh. a bold fact brought to you by Bold City Brewery, Duval's first craft brewery, online at boldcitybrewery.com. You can definitely check them out online, find out what they got going each day, including live music on a Friday right here at Bold City Brewery. So if this happens, and this is the clue, if this happens, this will be the fifth time, the fifth time this team has had a first-year head coach make the postseason, fifth time in a row. Who is it? And name the coaches. If this happens, this will be the fifth time that this team has had a first-year coach make the postseason. Like in their first season as the exactly. coach. Exactly. Okay. First-year coach Bill make Cow- the postseason. Bill Cowher. No, no, it's one team. Yeah, one, team. one team. One team. One team. I'm not if sure it happens, I understand that question. Yeah, well, I, well, here's my clue okay. again. If it happens this year, mm-hmm. it will be the fifth straight, fifth time, fifth straight time that a coach for this team has made it to the playoffs in his first year. So, in other words, it has I need, to be a first-year coach. Yeah, I need the four oh. coaches for this one team that have done it. Gotcha. And so the clue is, it's a first-year head coach this year. Okay, so I think it's the so Colts. So now you have to think of the first-year head coaches. I think it's the Colts because Steichen, Reich was in his first year, and did they get that? Dungy, Dungy, what first year made? Dungy, and then Chuck Pagano. All right, I'm just going to say, yay, Yahtzee, yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, that is it. That is it. Nice. And I wanted to get it out of the way because I don't want those damn Colts <laughs> to make it to the postseason. But there still is, and we'll go through the playoff scenarios again, but that is where we are. Very good because what happened is you had Tony Dungy, Jim Caldwell, Chuck Pagano, Frank Reich, and now potentially Shane Steichen, Shane Steichen making it to the postseason. So Old that Frank is, didn't uh, make it after that, though. Yeah, Correct me yeah, if I'm wrong. Yeah, so yeah, uh, that's yeah. the only solace is yeah. that they make it once and yeah. then they don't make it again. Exactly. And then Frank has been fired twice since then. Okay, uh, there and in Carolina. Uh, so there was, uh, you know, it's it, it, so it's not easy to do it, but you can think about the guys that did it 
when they had the best players like Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck quarterbacking them because Chuck Pagano walked right into an Andrew Luck situation, which wasn't bad at all. So we'll have a couple more bold facts as we go along today. But honestly, that, that's, that's what you're looking at. And this team, I, look, I, I always describe inside the division the hated Titans, the hated Texans, the hated Colts. You do not want, as much as I love G and Gardner Minshew, you do not want Gardner Minshew and the Indianapolis Colts making it to the postseason uh, and keeping Trevor Lawrence and company out. Well, keeping Trevor Lawrence and company out, yes. Yeah. Uh, making the postseason and then having possible. to come back to the House of Horrors yeah. for them, which is Everbank Stadium. I think Jaguar fans would sign right. up. We said it yesterday. Like, I yeah. was trying to make the argument that you would rather face the Browns than the Colts if you're the Jags, so long as you do make the postseason and you're hosting a playoff right. game. And I think overwhelmingly our, our entire show and the text line brought to you by Lifetime yeah. Enclosure said, uh, uh, no, if the playoffs were to start today – we want the Colts. You we don't want the that. Browns. Because that's the one that you were successful against, and you have a good game plan against them. But let me give you the scenarios. Okay, final two games. Uh, and here's how Indy could. Jags went out and take the AFC South. We'd all like that to happen. The Bills and Bengals both went out. The Steelers lose at least one more game, which means they're playing Seattle this week or the next week to mm-hmm. avoid reaching 10, 10 wins. Mm-hmm. If that happens, the Bengals and the Colts would be even at 10-7, and seven, Cincinnati gets bumped into the seventh spot thanks to its head-to-head win over Indian Week 14. So there's still a lot to be determined as to mm-hmm. who's going to make it into those last couple of spots, and I don't want to see the Colts make it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know? Well, here's the thing, Joe, in all honesty, when it comes to the, to, the Jaguars just need to win one game. Right. Yeah. All right? They just need True. to know what it feels like to win again. All right? Yep. And then what happens is that once you win and you go into the playoffs, you're shuffling the deck. Yeah. You get a whole new hand, you deal, deal the whole new deck of cards. That's where the, they really, yeah. this whole underdog, like everyone's, that's where they, if they win the next two, Leon, mm-hmm. I couldn't agree with you more. And it's, they said it in the locker room this week. We need to know what winning feels like again. Yes. That's all we need. And then once we get to the playoffs, that's when it's, you can have that, we're the Jags, no one's like counting yeah. on us mentality. Yeah. You can't have that right now because everyone is counting you yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's been a cold November. It's been a cold November <laughs> in that locker room. I'm telling you, when you lose like that, when you lose like that, you really don't have any answers. You try to do stuff different in practice. You try to study film. You try to, execute, you try to inspire each other. And if you keep coming up with the same results, it gets frustrating for a player and a coaching staff. Right. So what they've got to do is just get to just see themselves winning a football game. Yeah. see themselves doing it right again because they've been looking at all this bad for the last four weeks. If they get to see themselves doing good, you know, they win this game, they win out, and then you get in the playoffs, and then you see what happens. And maybe the good vibes have already started, Leon, because mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence came to the Clemson sideline in the fourth quarter of the Gator Bowl. Not only did Clemson just retake the lead on a touchdown with 17 seconds left, we just had a 40-point fourth quarter in the Gator Bowl. Wow. Who'd have bet that? Uh, that is crazy. Now, I know that defenses may give out and give up a little bit in the postseason, but I also have seen offenses that haven't been able to score a whole hell of a lot. And now you got Kate Klubnick jumping up and, 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 and basically getting the Clemson fans whipped into a frenzy. Uh, he needed a game like that to finish up uh, this season. We'll find out what happens with him going forward. But, heck, uh, there's some theater there. There's some there's theater some there. There's some theater, and I, like, I'm not kidding. Trevor and Travis showed up at the start of the fourth quarter. And they went nuts. And now look at what Clemson's doing. Yeah. This is some good juju, if nothing else. Listen, yeah. you can best believe Trevor and Josh Allen bet something. I don't know what it is. Shirt, right. jersey, whatever. Yeah. Something. When you, when you got a teammate that was on the opposite side 
and you're playing in the game. Oh, yeah. Oh, there, there's there's got to be some betting going oh, yeah, on. Betting going on. And by the way, I hope the field's in good shape. You know, it looks like it, it was heading into this game today, and so I'm hoping that it is in good shape once they get to Sunday's kickoff at 1 o'clock. By the way, to bring this back to the Jags, if you want me to make you feel a little bit old, yeah. mm. caught up with Tyler Shatley. He will be one of our players to listen to during the uh, famous automotive and quick loop kickoff show on Sunday to get yeah. you ready for Panthers-Jaguars. Um, he went to the practice on Monday for Clemson because they ended up practicing at the flex field because of the inclement weather. Mm-hmm. He goes, you do realize that a bunch of my teammates from when I played at Clemson from 2010 to 2014 are now on staff. Or 2009, yeah. I should say. That are on the staff there. Yeah. yeah, but, like, we're talking guys like Taj Boyd. And mm-hmm. give me a whole other list of guys from those early Dabo years. Yeah. That are now on the staff, especially yeah, on the defensive Wayne side Gallman, of the ball. You had Wayne Gallman. You had a bunch of those guys that were well, pretty damn good back then, too. Well, here's the thing. If he feels old going back to this, I must be an ancient relic when I go back <laughs> to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's yeah. crazy. He just said it. He's like, it's the weird – because, you know, sometimes he's like, you know, I, I'll let, watch Clemson, but I'm not as locked in because obviously I'm focused on the NFL season. Right. And so I asked him, I was like, yeah, you know, have you been following? And he goes, oh, we went to practice Monday. All my friends are on the staff now. It's kind of weird. So yeah. that was a uh, that was a very like, oh, that's right. I didn't even think about it. That so many of those guys, mm-hmm. their NFL careers have passed, and now here they are in Jacksonville. All right, we need to look at a couple of uh, bowl games that are coming up. Speaking of the excitement that we saw here, let's look at a couple of them going into tonight and tomorrow. And uh, it looks like Clemson is going to be able to ice this bad boy uh, as they just picked off uh, the pass of Leary. So uh, there you go. Uh, pause the all program. over. Uh, the program goes down in defeat. And, Matt Hayes and Shambles. Somewhere. And there's going to be uh, pause all over it. Uh, another feline wins that's, uh, that's, inside the bank. That's five in a row for Clemson, huh? Yeah. That's the way to, to close finish. it out. And it's funny because I was listening to a, a podcast earlier today, and they said, you know, th- there there is a difference, especially if you're Clemson, especially with the referendum on that program over the last five months, mm-hmm. to finishing the season nine and four versus eight and five. Yeah. Especially if that fifth loss is to Kentucky. And I don't know whether uh, old uh, Dabo is going to embrace the transfer portal or not, but this might be something that he can use when he goes and tells that story. Hey, we needed to turn this bad boy around. We did. Come on in. Let's be part of it. And we'll find out whether he will go for some of those upperclassmen. All right. So we keep it cranking. We've got picks to do at 4 o'clock this afternoon. You guys can come in with bold predictions, 641-1010. Let us know what you're thinking about. Bold City Brewery, they've got music 7 to 10 tonight. Tomorrow, they've got the Duke's Dog Specials. That means they got all sorts of cool things, including BOGO beer. So you want to make sure you check it out. And I always like to recommend uh, any of the pours, uh, the brown ale to start off, the IPAs. And then we're going to have a flight coming up in the 4 o'clock hour just so we can get a little feel for it uh, to get you in the mood for New Year's Eve. What are your plans? What are your memories from 2023? We will relive some of those, some of the big moments in your sports from 2023 coming up on XL Primetime. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. We're hanging out at Bold City Brewery, the beautiful production house. And when I say beautiful, it's art, okay? That's what they do. They create beer, Duval's oldest brewery, Bold City Brewery, right here on Roselle Street, and definitely drop on by here or Bold City downtown, especially if you Tiger fans are coming out of Everbank Stadium victorious uh, as Davo Sweeney's club has run out a five-game win streak to finish up the year, uh, and they get to that nine-win mark. So Bold City downtown, real easy to find, or right here on Roselle Street in Riverside, the production house, and you can come on by, and you can get the cool air of of a, of a 
cool December day, beautiful sunshine. You can sit outside, you can sit in the warehouse, you can go in the tap room, and you can just sample some of the great beers that they've got. Live music later on tonight, and they have uh, made sure that they keep the price point where you'd like it to be, and we're going to do a little flight a little bit later on. Uh, now, we need to get into a, a few of the big games that are coming up. We mentioned Florida State and Georgia a ton. Okay, we've done it. it, it, it it's probably a 20-point line right now. There's really no story. I'll pull it up for you. Yeah, Stand by. It's the latest, according to my bookie, 20 yeah. and a half. Okay, yeah, 20 and a half. It, it's just it's soaring right now. You, uh, you can't I, – I don't think you can find value in it. Uh, on either side, actually, because who the heck knows how it's ultimately going to play out. But there are a few other ball games. You were mentioning uh, Ole Miss earlier when you were mentioning Elaine <laughs> Kiffin. Yeah. I mean, th- I hope we get some good ball games by the time we're done throughout the course of tonight and over the weekend and, of course, into the college football playoffs. I'm looking forward to Missouri and Ohio State. Same There's, tonight. There should be some points. And, 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 and the one thing I, I was listening to earlier today on TV is that Ohio State, the, 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 the fabric of their defense yeah. didn't opt out. Yeah. Most of the guys that they got one guy that's injured, but both, most of the guys that that attribute to that defense are going to play in the game, and, and you know that's refreshing, right? Because a lot of those kids on that defensive side of the ball could have gone; they're going pro, mm-hmm. but they wanted to finish. And I think that had a lot a lot to do with the fact that you know losing to Michigan, maybe their senior year, their junior year, you know they wanted to finish up right. Because I mean, Ohio, I still forget. A lot of people forget Ohio State still only, they only lost one game. One game. They lost one game. So by a and, field goal. And, and you know that'll be interesting uh, because but Ohio State's the, the quarterback starting quarterback went into the portal. He's gone. Yeah. So you, you don't know how the other quarterback is going to factor in into this game. And Missouri, Missouri, Missouri has been a pleasant surprise this year, especially offensively and defensively. They got a nice little motor on offense. And they're all playing. And they're all playing. Because for them, this is their biggest bowl game in, what, 10, 15 years? Mm -hmm. Well, in the Drinkwitz era for sure. But, yes, probably before that as well. And they're bringing a bunch of their guys back next year. So this point total is only like 50.5 points. I'm actually a little surprised by that. Probably Mm -hmm. has something to do with what you just said. A lot of the defensive guys coming back. I think I might see some points on this game. I think you'll see points, and I don't think it's going to happen. But there is still an outside chance you see Marvin Harrison Jr. one mm-hmm. last time in a Buckeyes yeah. uniform. Probably won't, but. <laughs> he traveled with the team. He hasn't practiced. But the fact that he right. traveled yeah. with them to Dallas. I was Leon, you pro- I mean, this is a guy who, let's be real, we all know he's going top five unless it's f- five quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. For uh-uh. him, a legacy, a guy who's surefire going top five in the NFL draft, and at the very least the fact that he's going to be there with the team in this age of, sorry, I may be a day three pick, but i got to go start preparing for the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. That has to warm your heart a little bit. It, it does, but he needs to take the cash now. I mean, he, he don't need oh, to come back yes. for another year. He, he, he's proven his point. I know a lot of the fact that, well, a lot has factored into the fact that probably that he's never beat Michigan his whole time yeah. he was at Ohio State. That might be a little frustrating for him. But the hell with that. You can always come back and see the team. Better believe it. You got, if you're going to be a, he's going to be a top three pick easily. Well, top I think, five for sure. I think the reason he traveled is because one of the boosters said, if you show up, I'll give you that $21 million bag. Uh, and so he said, I might as well show up. But At least get the bag and then go to the NFL. So he's Ohio State's Aaron Rodgers right now, okay? He's there mm-hmm. for support. That's all fine and good. But 100% to, to Cersei's uh, point, you do not play. And I know J.J. back at 1010XL World Headquarters is going to roll his eyes when I say this. This is why you watch on YouTube, for yeah. folks. Will Shipley, yeah. star running back for Clemson, yeah. was taken off on a cart today mm-hmm. during the Tax Slayer Gator yeah. Bowl. Yeah. And, look – he, he's probably, I mean, setting up for an NFL draft career in some form or fashion. He is a running back, so, like, do with that information what you will. Yeah. But the fact that he played, 
He risked the injury. It appears he is injured in some capacity. Mm -hmm. It's the risk you take anytime you step onto the field. I understand that. And you're supposed to be playing for the pride of your school and the fact that you qualified for a bowl game. But when you watch <clears> this happen, when you yeah. go back to the Jake Butts or the, the Jalen Smiths of the world, can you really fault these guys? Well, I mean, listen, that that, that injury could have happened week 10, week 9, right. week 8. You know, I mean, you, you take a risk every time you step on the field and you play football. I mean, if, if you're going to a game thinking you're going to get injured, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get injured. You can't think about it. It's a very physical game. It's a very high-speed game. It's a, it's a contact-driven game. So stuff happens. You know, it's unfortunate, yeah. but stuff happens. I mean, he could have got – listen, he, he took the risk. He gambled. I like it. But, I, you know, he's – I don't know the severity of the injury. Was it – what was it? Was it an ankle? People was are it saying, a knee? People are, it's a knee. People are speculating it's, knee. it's an ACL. Yeah, I, I hope it's not because I'm always the guy that says play, play till you can't play, play till they tell you to go away because it, 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 you love college more than well, – as much or mm -hmm. more than anybody that, that I talk to that's played the game. And, and you soaked up every bit of it. Here's another factor. I don't, I don't know what his grade was. But sometimes kids like that want to, you know, they may not be a first-round grade. He figures if he goes out here and he plays well, right. maybe he gets that grade, that first-round grade. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I do love the fact that we already have on the text line, uh, Harrison is staying, NIL deal is coming. So <laughs> you got Buckeye fan ready. All right, let's go back to JJville with a that uh, real quick. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, here's the big one, folks. Yep. For the first time in his career, Trevor Lawrence has been ruled out of an NFL game. The injury report has arrived. He is the one player who has been ruled out for the Jaguars, who have also listed Zay Jones and Cam Robinson as questionable for, questionable for Sunday's game versus the Panthers. C.J. Beathard will get the start. Yeah, and so when they – and I'll be honest, I thought I thought he was playing. I don't have, I'm not, not looking and nodding my head and going, okay, that was expected. No, it wasn't for me. Uh, but they do have the easiest schedule remaining. You take a look at what has to happen. They do need to get one win out of these two at a minimum, uh, of course, to lock up the AFC South. We know what potentially could happen. They have tiebreakers right now over the other two that they're tied with inside the division. Those two play each other. And so basically you're looking at mathematically what can happen uh, when the Titans play the Texans this weekend. The Colts are hosting the Raiders. So anyway, you're playing all those scenarios out. And then, Leon, you're asking the question, do you want to make sure if you do have uh, designs on the postseason, which they do, uh, you want the best version of Trevor Lawrence. And right now, sitting him down and clearing the head against the NFL's worst team and riding with C.J. Beathard, uh, hell, they need to come up with – like, what, what have you said all along with C.J.? Well, what I say with CJ, well, about, about C.J. Beathard? I mean, yeah. why the hell is he here if he's not playing? <laughs> I mean, what, what are you paying the money for to sit on the bench and watch the game? Yeah. It's, so. I mean, it's not the spectator sport. I'm glad he's playing in this game. No, I'm not glad that Trevor's hurt. But I want to see how this team is going to respond now. Because clearly C.J. Beathard is going to need help. He's going to need – this team to rally around him, and what's what's the best friend of any backup quarterback? A running game. Mm -hmm. Run the ball, establish the run game. Freaking Flacco, that's how what he did. They ran the ball, yeah. play action. Yeah, that's how they beat us. Ran the ball, play action. That's what they did the whole game. We want to see you run the ball effectively. You serve the play action. Evan Ingram should have a big game. Ridley should have a good. I mean, uh, Ridley should have a good game. All that factor defensively to see how you respond to this. We need possessions. We got to take possessions away from the Panthers. Let's get some turnovers. Let's get some interceptions. Let's get some fumbles. Let's get some pressure on the quarterback. Let's let's stop them on third down. Let's get them to punting the ball. We get more possessions. You know, that, I'm I'm not happy that Trevor's hurt. 
Right. But I really would like to see how this team is going to respond. You know, they're either going to come out swinging or tuck their tail. Yeah. All right, because they're backed into a corner. Because losing Trevor is not good, all right? But how we respond to it, I'm very interested to see. You have seen other teams step up in this situation. I can't think of too many teams that went four quarterbacks deep which is what the Cleveland Browns did, four mm-hmm. quarterbacks deep and still made the postseason. They've locked up their spot. Uh, they know that they are there with the win last night. They got to 11 <laughs> wins, okay, and that is with a combination of Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, P.J. Walker, Dorian Robinson-Thompson, and now Joe Flippin' Flacco. So they did it that way. There are other teams that have gone with multiple quarterbacks that are still in position. The Colts, with a backup quarterback, are still in position to win a spot in the postseason. You got the Texans. They have C.J. Stroud two games removed from that concussion. He's now back, and they're still fighting for it. The Steelers, we know what they've been through. They've gone through a handful of starters. They're right now. I'm, I'm not. I'm not penciling them in at all but the Bengals have gone to their backup and they're also eight and seven right now so that's where you are and 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 we have seen other teams rise up and respond to the challenge when it comes to making sure that you give everything you can to make sure that you know you got a fallen player right a fallen teammate Mm -hmm. and you need to rise up and make sure that you play your best so the backup's going to look okay doing uh taking over his job here's the thing you 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 don't want Beathard to have to win the game, but you don't want him to lose the game, Yeah, in my opinion. He's got to protect the football. No turnovers, no interceptions, no fumbles. He's got to take care of the football. And let's just see what happens, man. I mean, he's playing with house money. Yeah, and and I'll just – I'll throw it out there. Doug Peterson needs to pay attention to this game plan, okay? Doug Peterson needs to say this is paramount, okay? We need to make sure that we have balance when it comes to the to the call sheet. And They're going to run the ball now. Yeah. I don't. I mean, now you have no choice, right? Mm-hmm. And that's and, nothing. That's okay. not a knock on CJ. It's just the reality of the situation. Well, I, I'm not even going to say CJ is. Uh, I wouldn't even go percentages right now. I'm just simply saying that the offense, when working. A quarterback like C.J. Beathard can win with this offense. He can, okay? The offensive line has to do their job for him to have the time. But as we just described, Flacco threw it to some nondescript guys last night. Three tight ends, a little bit of Elijah Moore before he got hurt, no Amari Cooper. Uh, You've got Kareem Hunt, who is now relegated to a backup role. You've got Ford, Jerome Ford, that has been able to step up and definitely prove that he replaced Nick Chubb and at least – even though they missed a beat, they didn't miss much beyond that. And so you've got to have guys step up and make plays for you. Mm-hmm. And then obviously on the defensive side, take some balls away. Okay, you're going up against Bryce Young. You want to you talk about a saucy nug? They got the smash sauce here with their smash burgers. This is a saucy. Okay, up until last week, the only starter in the National Football League, starter that had thrown for less, less than 200 yards every single game until last week was Bryce Young. Saucy nugs. Okay. Okay, mm. so Bryce Young, less than 200 yards passing every single game. Then he goes for 312 this past week against the Green Bay Packers. You better bring it back down a notch mm. and make sure that you control him and get to him. Here's the funny part, Joe. All week, whenever we've talked about Trevor Lawrence, whenever we've posted about him on our social media channels or my personal, all the replies have been, it's time to rest him. It's okay. He needs to rest. He needs to get healthy. And now with this news that he will miss a game for the first time in his career due to injury, 
all of the replies are, oh no, we're, we're screwed, this is the end, oh no, oh no. It's just fascinating to me, this love-hate relationship that the fan base oh, yeah. has with him. It's just, it, I, I don't really know how to put a finger on it, Leon. Well, yeah, well listen, this, this is on the offensive line right now. This game is going to be won or lost depending on how well, how effective they are run blocking and pass protecting. It's all on them. I mean, you can talk about the receiving, you can talk about the backup quarterback. If this offensive line does not establish a run game and doesn't protect C.J. Beathard, we're not going to win. No, that's, all, that, it's, it's all, that's bottom line. That's it. All right, so let's get into the uh, 4 o'clock hour. Let's get our picks rolling. Big Sir has to roll out of here, so we'll make sure we get our picks in. Uh, Coach Campbell will have his in. Matty Hayes will have his in. But we'll do that coming up. We're at Bold City Brewery. We're in the production house. We're in the actual warehouse. I look behind us, and I see those big barrels of magic, okay? They got all the recipes. It's Duval's oldest brewery since 2008. And Brian and Robin and everybody here, they make sure they take care of you from the cold beer to that hot kitchen back there. What did you get? You got some tater tots. Yeah. You got the cheese curds? Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. These ain't your mother's cheese curds either. No. They've got, like, some spice to them. You did them in some sweet chili sauce. Oh yeah, oh, fire! Yeah. And, and and you get the smash burger or anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, you got the the the, the griddle dog last week mm-hmm. oh my gosh so anyway drop on by bold city brewery and obviously if you're out and about you're getting ready for new year's eve pick up uh some cold dukes or bold city ipa or any of the other ones that they offer on the shelves wherever you're shopping for some cold beer it's a big hair heavy metal friday on xl prime time oh man this is New Year's Eve, Eve, something like that, uh, as we get ready for the weekend, the long party weekend. New Year's Eve uh, will come on Sunday with your Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Carolina Panthers. you got a chance to win tickets. you got to come by Old City Brewery, though. We're in the production house on Roselle Street. Come on by, say hey, wear some teal and black, wear some Jaguar colors, but you've got a chance to get in the drawing for some Jags tickets to finish out 2023. Uh, we have... Had such a great time here. Thanks to uh, Bolt City Brewery for hosting us. we got to get to some picks because Big Surce has got an appointment that he's got to get to. Uh, so let's do it right now. Uh, minus Matt, minus Coach. But, J.J., uh, you got you got all the uh, intel. At least you'll have it soon. Now, the Otterson Wealth Advisors Risk-Reward Picks of the Week. Otterson Wealth Advisors, your goals, our expertise. Yes, I do have Matt's picks, um, and I, I know I'll have Coach by the end of uh, – Tonight. Coach is like nothing but Coach ceremony is busy. right yeah, now. Yeah, he's out doing exactly. podcasts and leading a parade in Dallas right now. Yeah, if you don't know, Coach is in Dallas for Jerry Jones's Jimmy Johnson I, Jimmy Johnson's uh, induction ceremony into the whatever the Ring of Honor is called. Yeah, about time. I, I was yeah. about to Only say. Only took thirty years. <laughs> that just shows the relationship between him and Jerry was not exactly. great. Yeah, it, it's right. it's soured at the end. In case yes. anyone's wondering, spoiler alert. All right, so uh, Mia, we're catching you. Oh, I know. Um, Joe, after another winning week, is now only six, uh, seven games back, so not quite. But uh, you're quite, 61 yeah. and 37. Joe is 54 and 44. I'm 53 and 45. Campo, 51 and 47. Leon, right at 500, 49, 49. And Matt, 43 and 55. The only person under 500 against the spread for us. Very impressive. Nice. All right. Yeah, all right. So we'll start with the NFL and then go to the three big ones in college. Um, okay. First, we got the Saints at the Bucks. Big for this division. The yep. Bucks at home are two and a half point favorites. Mia. Yeah, I'm mm. going with the Bucks. Uh, 
The Saints have just been so all over the place. Chris Olave is questionable in this one. Besides Trevor Lawrence, the only other quarterback who I think is like barely alive but still breathing in the National Football League is Derek Carr. So uh, give me Baker and the Bucks. Yeah, I, I got to go that way too. I, I hate to agree, but I kept looking at that line, and it's two, two and a half. And honestly, I've seen like I know that the Bucks have to come back to the pack, but I've seen nothing from the New Orleans Saints to make me have any faith in them. I, I'll, I'll lay the points. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm gonna take the Bucks. I like the way Baker Mayfield is playing these last two games. Don't for over 300 yards. He torched us. Yeah, absolutely made us. Yeah, 283 this past yeah, week. Yeah, 283 this last week. So, yeah, I, I like the Bucks. I like the Bucks in this game. All right, Matt is taking the Bucks, and so am I. Clean sweep. Um, all right, next, Dolphins at the Ravens. Love this Ooh. matchup. The Ravens at home, they're just giving three. So, seems like Vegas is just giving the home team three points. They don't know what to do. The Ravens favored yeah. by three. Because here's the thing. Like, the Ravens have to come back down to earth after such a monster win on Monday night. But the Dolphins will be without Jalen Waddle, which they've been without him at different points during his career. Ah, I picked the Cowboys last week. I picked the Dolphins. Give me the Ravens. I'll take the home dog, the home, the home favorite, I should say. See, I, I, I got to make a decision. Do I want to reel her in, or do I want to get lost uh, with the current and carried back out to sea? Still uh, a lot of time a, left, Joe. Exactly, because there's a lot <laughs> of me that wants to go with the Fins in, on this one. But honestly, I was riding Waddle. Uh, he was part of my fantasy football team. When he went down, it was like I was ready for him to start jetting uh, to some big numbers with Tyree Killhurt. Both of those guys, one's out and the other one's still banged up. I got to go. I got to go with the home team. Yeah, I'm not betting against L Boogie no more. <laughs> I'm going with the Ravens. All right. yeah. Ravens. Matt's going with the Ravens. I'm Dang. shaking it up. I'm going with the Dolphins in this one. Good job, okay. Jim. They, let, they didn't let me down it. last week, so I'm going to roll with them again. All right, speaking of that game last week, Dallas, where coach will be. They are at home against Joe's Lions. Dallas is giving five and a half points. Yeah, I think the Cowboys bounce back in a big way. Okay. I do. As much as I don't want to question the Lions, as much as the Cowboys have questions too, as much as Coach Campo has been a jinx wherever he has been at home games, I will take Dallas. Uh, and, and look, I, I like what I see from the Lions this past week. They can let you down in a hurry. We all know that. I'm actually looking at the point total more than anything else. I want to say it's right around 53 and a half, and it just seems like it'll fly over that. But I'm going to go with Danny Campbell's Lions mm. because of how they run the football mm, yes. against that small little uh, middle linebacker of Dallas. And Amon Ra, are you guys ready for this? Amon Ra was the 20th receiver taken in 2021 he was the 20th receiver drafted that year he is closing in or may even already have passed 300 catches in three seasons saucy nugs phenomenal mm, that's a nice saucy nug yeah well listen the cowboys are undefeated at home they they're just a different team when they play at home um but i like the detroit lions i like the way they run the ball and that's been the cowboys kryptonite the last couple of weeks mm -hmm. is the inability to stop the run but they're homers at home. I, I just don't see them losing at home. I'm taking the Cowboys. Oh, okay. I'll scratch that up. You had me confused. Oh, All right. Well, uh, Matt has Dallas. I like Dallas to win, but that's too many points for me. I think it'll be three or four points. So I'm going to go with the Lions in this one, plus five and a half. All right. Okay. Let's go to the big ones. Let's yeah. do it. All right. Let's give us a reason to watch this game. So we'll yeah. pick it. Florida State at Georgia. No! 
Georgia is a 20 and a half point favorite, like Mia said a couple segments ago. Who you got? Uh, well, here's the fun part, JJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a Georgia fan in the house here, by the way, oh, yeah. at Gold City Brewery. Go um, Hunker down. Brock Bowers is participating in Georgia's walkthrough right now. Wow. Yeah. I would be so, By the way, shocked. he had his separate transportation. I don't know whether it was NIL provided, but uh, I, all right, Kirby Smart basically said he encouraged them all to play but didn't make them all play. Make all right, them. so where are you going? <laughs> I got to go with Georgia. I just don't know where Florida State's, like, going to score points. Like, right. yes, they could still run the ball, but I, I saw what I saw from Brock Glenn with all due respect, and yeah. maybe he'll be better in his second career start, but I just don't see it happening. I, I, I hate to do it. If it had gone over 21 – I might have said, okay, give me three touchdowns and I'll watch and, and, and stay interested. But I don't think they can make this number big enough. At least I don't think they can right now. I think it's over 11.5 in the first half, 20.5 total. Mm. I uh, I lay the points. Florida State fans get ready for a 50-bird. Damn. They're going to destroy them. What, a freshman quarterback? Are you serious? By the way, Brock barely complete a pass last time we saw him. Uh, Brock Glenn, like we said said yesterday, Brock Glenn said, if we win, we should be national champs. Oh, yeah, Brock. Yeah, Yeah, good luck. Um, I agree with him, though. Like, if if, if, – Oh, I agree, too. If somehow uh, the third-string quarterback (laughs) and all their good players not playing, they're able to beat Georgia and – will be the only undefeated team left if that happens. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I can't argue with that. All right. Yeah. Matt also has Georgia. Yeah, exactly. In some alternate universe. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm president of the United States. <laughs> there it is that far. All right. Matt also has Georgia, and so do I. All right. Okay. First semifinal. Actually, I think this is the second one played, but we'll go with this one first. Texas against Washington. Texas is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. As Vegas always knows, man alive. Because this is definitely a field goal game. Mm. They both score a lot. I haven't picked an underdog yet, these picks. Or at least I don't think I have. No, you haven't. And I've been saying that Texas are frauds all year. Give me the Huskies. Mm. Dang, I don't like doing this, man. I don't like doing this. Uh, ah. Hmm. Ah, I sound like Tony <laughs> Romo. Like Tony Romo. <laughs> Ooh, oh, thank you very much, Tony. Um, I I don't want to agree. I really don't want to agree. So I'm just going to go on the other side. Uh, I'm going to hook them horns. Hook them horns. Wow. Listen, I've been I've been saying all when the, when these four teams get in, I say it's going to be Alabama, Texas, but I don't feel that now. Mm, me neither. I, 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 I don't. I really don't. I, I, I'm going to go with Washington. Wow. Because, listen, I, I, I picked against them on numerous occasions against Oregon, and they proved me wrong. So, I, I'm, they, they, they're going to – this is the upset. They're going to win. Washington win. Matt's taking Texas, and I'm taking Texas, and I feel pretty strong about this one. I think their oh, front okay. four is, like, SEC level. I think they're really, they good. really good. I think mm-hmm. that yeah, number one on offense is really good. I think yours is good, and I know that they're missing Brooks – the running back, but yeah, but they got another good one right behind. Yeah, them. they do. Washington does have playmakers. I mean, that wide receiver is yeah. great. But I mean, I remember that cat. I'm trying to think of his name right now. Anyway, he busted loose for yeah, like like five five yards of carry. Yeah, oh my Oregon. god, yeah. against Oregon, that was insane. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I do think it'll be close for a while, but I think Texas pulls away at the end and wins by a couple scores. All right. Last but certainly not least, 
Michigan versus Alabama. Michigan is a one and a half point favorite. Mia, who you got? By the way, I that's my um, southernness speaking right there. I am shocked <laughs> and appalled by that point yeah. spread. Mm. Yes, and I know who your favorite program is uh, in this battle. Uh, I just I don't know what the point of that. I just <laughs> wanted to say program. Um, look, That's everywhere I say I've, it down here. Yes, the program. program. Um, everywhere I've been, because I've been traveling a lot over this last month, between my bookie and when I've been able to be in some other states, I've picked Alabama. Even though Alabama now can't allow its players to watch film on their own, I am still rolling with the tide. Give me Alabama. I, I honestly, I don't live in a world where Jim Harbaugh beats Nick Saban. Right. And I may be dead A wrong, mm-hmm. but uh, I just feel like a point and a half is worth taking. Uh, I do think defensively they might be able to challenge Jalen Milrow, but that is one tough cat to corral. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going preparation Saban uh, in this one. Wow. Well, listen, the beginning of the season, I picked Michigan to win it all. Mm-hmm. But you don't give Nick Saban 30 days to mm-hmm. prepare for you. But I'm going with the Wolverines. I'm going to ride this pony oh, all the way in. Wow. I'm going all the way in. Like yes, that. I'm riding this pony. Yes. All right, Matt is taking Bama, and I am taking Bama. I'm so worried about betting everything I own on this game this weekend. Yeah. So you would on this one? Oh, yeah. I feel okay, so confident about it. And every time I feel like this, in a you know with Bama recently, it, it has like they. Yeah. I've put it in multiple parlays because of you, Georgia JJ. last year. You know, pretty easily in that, or I mean, right, two the, years ago. Excuse me. And that right, well, the happen. one that I I got right was picking Alabama over Georgia in the SEC championship. I did game. get that right. Yeah. Yeah, and corralling points. So I loved I loved the the points in that one. This one, they don't know what to do with it. The fact that they've made them the favorite makes you think Vegas has at least a little extra. Uh, on the Michigan side for them to be installed. Uh, I think it might have been a two-point favorite to begin. Anybody remember that? If it went down? No, it started as a one. It started as a one. Okay, so it creeped to one and a half. All right, so I can't wait to see how they they play out. All right, so those are all of them, right? Uh, Our Otterson Wealth Advisors risk-reward picks. Uh, All right, Big Sirs, before you head out, um, a a thought on this game. If you're just tuning in, that just happened by Florida Home (laughs) AC. Trevor Lawrence will not play Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. Well, listen, um, I said this earlier. This team just needs to to win a ball game. They've lost. They've been on a four-game losing streak. They just need to see themselves successful again to get their mojo back. And all it takes is one game. One game can lead to two games. It then leads you into the playoffs, and then anything can happen. So they just got to see themselves having success and against the team, the worst team in the NFL. Yeah. You've got to take advantage of it. Don't feel sorry for them. If you can put up 50, put up 50 on them. By this much or by, by, by a I, bunch? I, I'm, I'm hoping they put them up. They beat them by a bunch. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it really – they haven't seen a get-well game in a while. Uh, they were tough the last time they won, but, hell, that was all the way uh, mm-hmm. back Thanksgiving weekend uh, against the Houston Texans. All right, Money, you'll be part of the fifth quarter. Yep. Fifth quarter after everything goes final, about two hours after everything goes final with Hacker and Coach That Campo. has the potential right. to be a very juicy fifth quarter. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> and and it's, uh, it was a hey. six-point line. Uh, hit it real quick since the news came out, and just tell us if it did move up or it had to have. It had to have moved. It has down. dropped to four. Yeah, dropped to four. Mm-hmm. It had to have moved down. 
Okay, so there you go. All right, Big Source, enjoy the rest of the afternoon. Appreciate it. All right, he heads out. We keep it rolling. Bold City Brewery, that's where we are. The production house is right here on Roselle Street in Riverside. Real easy to find. You come off of I-10, especially if you are in town for the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Just punch in Bold City Brewery. <coughs> Make sure you find the Roselle Street location, which is the production house off of Stockton, or head to Bold City downtown. It is XL Primetime, hanging out on a chilly but sunny Friday afternoon. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. We got curds. We got tater tots. That is good. Joe did sample some brewskis. That video is coming to the 1010XL social channels. And what do we have now? This is peanut butter fudge. Okay. (laughs) You're talking dirty to me, and I kind of like it. This is why you watch on YouTube, folks, especially when we're live on location. And I'm just guessing, you know, Brian walked over. Uh, and I don't know whether he made it or not, but he had, um, you know, one of the one of the boats, you know what you call whenever you're serving either your curds mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, a nice little to-go boat. And he had peanut butter fudge in there. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm getting into that. Can't say no. No, oh, you cannot. All right. We are having a good time in the production house on Roselle Street, the San Marco, or excuse me, the Riverside area off of Stockton. Really easy to find us. And then also Bold City downtown. And we always like to give you bold facts, uh, courtesy of Bold City Brewery. So let's do one right now. Here's a bold fact brought to you by Bold City Brewery, Duval's first craft brewery, online at boldcitybrewery.com. So we've been having a good time talking about all the different things that are going on in the National Football League and how it comes down to these last couple of weeks. And you definitely know there's a lot on the lines, a lot of guys playing for big things. So let me see if I can sneak one past Mia right now. All right, I mentioned earlier, and this blows my mind, that Amon St. Ra was the 20th receiver taken in the 2021 draft. He was drafted way down the line. And you have to give Brad Holmes, the general manager, a hell of a lot of credit for what he has done. But I heard the story from Peter King that Amon Ra, when he was drafted that low, he went out and immediately started getting the jugs machine out and catching footballs. Yep. He is now right around the 300 catch mark in three seasons. Think about that. It's incredible what he's been able to do. All right, so he has 302 career receptions. Fourth player with at least 300 receptions in the first three seasons, in his first three seasons, in NFL history. Okay, so I need to name the three previous. Three previous. Okay. He is the fourth to do it. Okay. It um, just blows my mind. Calvin Johnson. Cooper, Calvin Johnson. Cooper, Cooper Cup. I don't want to say Randy Moss. Not a bad one. Maybe Randy Moss. There's got to be some sort of tie-in, though. I don't think it would be Jimmy, though, and I don't think it would be like a Wes Welker, despite like a high percentage of like catch, you know, catches per game, just because he was older. I don't know, JJ. What do you think? I'm gonna say Calvin Johnson, Michael Irvin, and Randy Moss. Nicely done. I'm gonna say Calvin Johnson, Cooper Cup. What about Jay Jettas? Jay Jettas. What about Justin Andre Jefferson. Johnson? Oh, Justin. That's Jefferson. a good one too. A good, that's another good one. I will just tell you guys, you have not hit any oh of them. What? You have not hit any of them. Oh my God. All right, so here it is. A bold fact brought to you by Bold City Brewery, uh, which is where we are. 
Amon Ross St. Brown, 302 career receptions, fourth player with at least 300 in the first three seasons, his first three seasons in NFL history. And this is before he got to the 16th game, so you got to give him a lot of credit. He's had the benefit of one extra game. If you did the math, it would be like three 16-game schedules, and he's hit it. The others that have done it, Justin Jefferson. I that, said Justin Jefferson. Yeah, did you? I never yeah, heard you that say that. That was my third one. Was it your yeah, third one? Yeah, I called one? the audible. Okay, yeah. okay I, I didn't hear that. Yeah. Well, then good. Credit you, Justin Jefferson, 324 receptions. That's the only one then. And then after that, Michael Thomas. Mm. Michael Thomas was a catch machine with Drew Brees and Sean Payton calling those plays. He had 321. And the other guy who went over 300 had 303. So the next catch that Amon Ross St. Brown has will tie Christian McCaffrey. Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't that something? That's, yeah, that's a trick question. Because that obviously you, you think wide receivers, but exactly. hey. Exactly. I, I, it blew my mind that Christian McCaffrey had done this. And so there is a, a – and by the way, out of the backfield, he made himself so valuable and ended up becoming kind of the hybrid running back uh, that everyone's looking for that I think maybe people hope they had in Travis Etienne. How many footballs has Travis Etienne caught this year? Not enough. And I feel like that's part of the – of the the missing link in Doug Peterson's offense because you saw such imagination with him up in Philadelphia and he was using any number of guys that he had available to him it wasn't just one guy and he would have the Gainwells the Scots all you know whomever coming out of the backfield and making plays for him well he's got more catches than last year he had 45 last year he's got 65 or no, sorry, at 35 last year, he's 51 this year. 51, which I guess it does seem like that's, a, I don't know, maybe the quietest 51 based on what we've seen here recently. But that's the type of guy that you want to see. And the other part of it is, is when you think of Christian McCaffrey and what he has done and what he did when he was in a Panthers uniform and then moved over to San Francisco, is that when he catches it, there's open space in front right. of him. And there hasn't been enough of that with ETN. Yeah, and it's funny because when we were talking about last night's Thursday night game, that was a point I wanted to bring up with Leon, too. That is something I do still believe this offensive line can do. That's why they have this group of guys is they want to get out in space. For whatever the reason, the scheme has dictated that they stay within these little two-yard boxes. I don't get it. We saw the Browns yesterday. That offensive line is going sideline to sideline, and that's what the finesse, quote-unquote, offensive line the Jaguars have constructed was intended to do, similar to what you're seeing in San Francisco. That's part of why the Niners signed Ben Barch, because, again, he's a system fit for that. So it's – I don't know. That's what's so frustrating is, like, everyone wants to pile on the offensive line, and no mistake about it, they are a fault in all of this as well. But they haven't even been able to play their game because of just what they've been asked to do. Yeah, and and I I don't want to drill down and say it's all press or it's all Trevor, or it's all line, because I know it's a combination of all these. It's ETN getting beaten up a little bit more than maybe I would like to see him. It's Kirk missing. It's Say missing a a lot of the time. It's all these things, okay? None of those guys, either through injury or poor performance, are, are, you know, off the list. But somehow, some way, they need to clean it up and find enough guys to make plays. I mentioned Brad Holmes, the general manager for the Lions, earlier uh, with the bold fact, and he – Think about what he did. Amon Ra was the 20th receiver taken. Then he turned right around and went and got Jamison Williams a top 10 pick. Okay? And that was a guy that was coming off a significant injury and was able to come through that. Now he's starting to flourish a little bit more. They had – Oh, gosh, why can't I think of uh, uh, Williams' uh, first name? The, the touchdown machine last year. Oh, um, what's his name? Uh, Jamal. Jamal, Jamal, who was in Green Bay, too. It was Jamal Williams. 
And, and they definitely had a, a battery of DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. And what did they do? They dispatched Swift. They said goodbye to Williams. Swift was uh, done in a deal. And they go and get David Montgomery, and they go and draft Jameer Gibbs. And so you can look at some of the stuff that they've done. I haven't even mentioned the defensive side of the ball, but they've gotten results out of the offensive players. Now let's pair that up with what this team did with a third-round draft pick and a running back that has not panned out with a tight end thus far has not panned out as a second-round pick. And so that's the frustrating part, I know, for all of Duval out there right now. Now I can tell you this. They're trying to find ways – or rephrase. Mm-hmm. There are certain people in the building trying to find ways to get Tank Bigsby back out on the field because mm-hmm. the only way he is going to – get better and actually he needs to play. justify that third round pick is if he plays. And so, again, we're not trying to put it all on one person, but who decides who comes in and who doesn't well, come onto the field? I, I, this is my assumption, okay? And I've heard enough and have gleaned enough and just observed enough that Tank Bigsby is not prepared, okay? That's what I'm prepared to say. He's not prepared. And I think that has, has become more and more obvious, more and more of a problem, and you can't put yourself in that situation, especially with them drafting you in the top three rounds and saying, hey, you're going to be not just a surplus, you're going to be a weapon in the run game. And, and by, by no stretch of the imagination has he been anything in the run I game. I think you could say that earlier in the season, Joe. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Which he is a rookie. I'm not making that excuse, but mm-hmm. – We've seen plenty of rookies have rookie moments, and they have yeah. to keep trotting them out there and hoping right. something clicks. Tank Bigsby has had one carry over the last four weeks. Yeah. The Jaguars, what did you say, averaged 7.5 points? Yeah. Over or yeah. Ni- or 9.5 nine yeah. over the last two yeah. weeks? He has one carry, even in blowouts. Okay, so that – Why? Yeah, that kind of speaks to what I'm thinking is that he's not prepared. Like, he is a doghouse. Which D- Doug – or not Doug D- – um, Press Taylor did say right. something to that ilk about Elijah Cooks when I asked yeah. on Wednesday. I said to Press, like, you know, the kid had three catches in the first half, no targets in the second half, and he just stressed that you need to earn those targets. You need to know the playbook. And it's like, then what are we doing here? Yeah, it's okay. week 16. Uh, if the kid doesn't know the playbook, then we've got bigger issues. Right. And, and uh, Coach Campo has preached this. If they don't know the playbook in December, then you need to shorten the, the playbook or the, shorten the call sheet. You need to do whatever you can to make sure that your guys uh, have the best chance of success. And, and Leon tells the story all the time. In Pittsburgh, it was the same set of plays, and they made sure they ran them to perfection. And so that's what you have to have. And like I said, I'm not 100% throwing tank onto the bus here, but Elijah Cooks goes out there and gets himself open and earns targets. I think you got to keep trying to feed him. He didn't make the bad mistake. But yet mistake. he didn't earn – right, but then right. he didn't earn targets in the second half. Right, he didn't make the bad mistake the tank – But apparently, I mean, but then that, again, goes into that larger point that for the first time this season, the Jags have been saying the things you don't want to hear out loud, which are wide receivers are not in the position that they should be. They're not hearing kills and alerts at the line. And so maybe Elijah Cooks, not just Parker Washington, was at fault there on Sunday. But, again, my thing for Tank Bigsby, yes, you have to earn the right to be on the field. But also, if you're not even going to get onto the field, then how are you supposed to prove yourself? And by the way, now that Tank wasn't uh, earning that spot, Dearness Johnson was in there and needs to take the handoff from Trevor. Trevor and him need to have a clean exchange. That's on Trevor. That's on Dearness. Uh, and so it's on and on and on. That's for sure. All right, you guys can let us know what you think. Hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosure, 641-1010. We mentioned that we were going to go around the National Football League, so we need to hit those other big games because there is a lot on the line. Uh, you want to come on by Bold City Brewery. We're hanging out in the warehouse area. 
on Roselle Street. This is the production house. You walk in, you see the big vats of creativity. We're talking craft galore. And they have some of the, not only their staples, right? You know the ones that are the staples that you could count on all the time. Uh, Bolt City and Mad Manatee, they're two IPAs. Dukes, they're Cold Nose Brown Ale. And then, of course, everything else, the Killer Whale and Duval Light. But they have other ones that they'll bring in. And that that I sam- sampled earlier was a vanilla-infused 1901, which is a red ale. Mm-hmm. Man. And so there's a lot of good ones that you can count on here. All you got to do is take a look at the uh, chalkboard and see all the creations that they have. And they want to make sure that they set them up for you. Uh, premium beer is 6 bucks, And tomorrow, Saturday, they got BOGO action. So make sure you take care of it right here at Bolt City Brewery. Heavy Metal Friday on XL Primetime. Thank you for keeping the music rocking. JJ LaSelva back at 1010XL World Headquarters. I haven't seen nearly enough song suggestions on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Do see a few on YouTube via uh, what we like to call the JJ. This is the Yahoo pop-off chat line. Yahoo! And we appreciate you guys interacting with us on whatever platform you so choose, wherever you may be. It's me, O'Brien, Josie. It's XL Primetime on a beautiful Friday here in Duval County. Again, we are live at Bold City Brewery. If you're looking for a place to go to dinner tonight, why not Bold City Brewery? We're not just talking like little appetizers either, folks. They have a full-service kitchen menu, burgers, pizzas, you name it, they have it. So stop on by and... I'm looking at the price list right now. Pretty well-priced beer as well, Oh, Joseph. heck yeah. And the other thing that I was saying earlier is they got BOGO specials. Uh, they got Thursday night, which is bingo, burgers, uh, and brews. And they got a little BOGO action special on Thursday night. But then also tomorrow, the Duke's dog basket with fries. Uh, and the first beer is BOGO. So you got to take advantage of all of it. And the like we said with, with, with Brian and Robin that – it's theirs, okay? It's theirs. And they made sure they made the recipes were right. They've been consistent with them. They're Duval's first brewery, and they just celebrated 15 years. So if you're coming into our town uh, with the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, you're looking for a place to go, Bold City Downtown or Bold City Brewery right here. I, I feel like let's fire up a little more NFL music and let's get to uh, some of those other big ball games because there's honestly there's a ton of them. We had the big picks, which included the Cowboys and the Lions. It included the Ravens uh, and the Dolphins. Those were the two biggies. What was the other one we had? I'm trying to remember. The uh, the third game that we picked. It was Saints a uh, oh, it was the Bucks. Saints it was the Bucks and Saints. And so uh, even though the Saints aren't bringing it as much as you'd like to see, that was a two and a half point line. But there are a bunch of other ones that have all sorts of playoff implications. Yeah, the one that has my attention the most, we alluded to when we went through our playoff scenarios in the 3 o'clock hour, Josie. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals are still hanging around somehow, yeah. some way, in the AFC playoff picture with Jake Browning under center and Joe Burrow out the rest of the way. They are six-and-a-half-point dogs against Kansas City. I believe it is at Arrowhead. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah they're, they're going – it's not Burrowhead coming. It's uh, Browninghead, yeah. potentially, because – Here's the injury report for the Chiefs, who, as we know, as everyone saw on national television on Christmas Day, clearly have some issues. They will be without their left tackle, Donovan Smith, again. They will be without Kadarius Toney. I'm sure there's more than one of you out there that wants to make a joke that that's actually a positive by subtraction. Yeah. 
Isaiah Pacheco in the concussion protocol, was at practice today in Kansas City, but Legereus Sneed, Nicole Hardman, Clyde Edwards-Alaire were not, and they are all questionable. So the Chiefs are as banged up as anybody, and as we know, they looked pretty miserable on the sidelines. The Bengals have been finding some sort of juju in Joe, in Joe Burrow's absence. Can they find some more magic? Yeah, I, it's a seven-point line. It may have come down six a and little a bit, six and a half. And so I guess I'm a little, I'm still a little surprised that that Vegas is valuing Kansas City that much. Maybe it's just the betters like to bet the Chiefs uh, uh, more often than not, and they expect them to bounce back. I heard somebody talk about, you know, they're they're. They're the NFL's version of a soap opera right now because you don't know exactly what's going on. By the way, Andy Reid got a little cute with his playbook with some of the really, I thought, just dumb decisions near their own goal line, butts against their goal line when they had to try to do that little, I don't even know what it was, an RPO, an option for Mahomes, and it went south on him. But not only do you have Paco missing, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire not 100%. You have the other guys with the drops. You have a swift problem with Travis Kelsey, uh, which led uh, to what uh, profanity-laced uh, podcast where he, he's trying to explain away how he's going to play better. Look, bro, she's vexed you, man. Okay, she has vexed you. She has swiftly put a curse on your behind. Here's the thing, though. Like, we were hearing reports, or at least I was in media circles, that yeah. in training camp, which was, I think, like a week after he had first met her, I don't even think yeah. they had met, like, they hadn't actually met up in person yet, yeah. that he looked old at training camp. He looked like he didn't want to be there. <laughs> And I mean, women weaken legs. It's, rock. it's fascinating. And what's also fascinating, Joe, and a buddy of mine sent me this, and I want to pair it with one of your favorite things in the whole wide world. Yeah. I know Chris Sims is a mercurial figure in this town. He's a little bit of a, He's a polarizing figure. Yep. He was on uh, This Is Football with Kevin Clark on mm-hmm. Omaha Productions this morning. And here's what a quote from that episode You can't be both below average or average having talent at receiver and then have average scheme to go with it. Yeah. Eric Bieniemy had more creative ways to do things, and Bieniemy was the enforcer, a.k.a. the bad cop, on that offense, to which I say no one in Kansas City blinked an eye when Eric Bieniemy departed for Washington. Not too many people not named Joe Coward blinked an eye when yeah. Jim Bob Cooter left Jacksonville. <laughs> oh, believe me, I did not and like that at all. And here's the thing, though, because like, I heard this from a couple different people this week. Now, in hindsight, it's like, well, Jim Bob, yeah, maybe he wasn't so instrumental in the actual day-to-day, but what he was instrumental in was pushing back and saying, hey, why don't we do this instead? Yeah. I, what and I that's loved, clearly what the enemy was because he was the bad cop. What I loved about old Jim Bob just playing Cooter, I love that, but the other part of it was is that he there were four heads in that room with Trevor, Mike McCoy, former head coach. Jim Bob Cooter was the passing game coordinator, press calling the offense as a whole, and then obviously Doug. And so I like what they were able to uh, come up with collectively. And then you go to the enemy part of this, and it's been said a bunch of different ways, and I can only go off of what other people are saying because I'm not in Kansas City, but that he would get in people's ear, he would tear up their rear end when they needed it, and now you don't have that. And Andy Reid, you know, like he would come here and he'd order not just one smash burger, he'd order a couple of them. And he likes sitting back. And some tacos and yeah. some curds. He likes sitting back, you know, and calm plays, and now it seems like him and Matt Nagy, whatever the combination is, it's just a little clunky, and the receivers when you lose guys like Tyreek Hill we're talking Hall of Fame worthy guys that were dealt away it is going to catch up with you and even Mahomes Mahomes looked almost ordinary this past weekend and that was with flipping Aiden O'Connell on the other side that offense never scored a touchdown but they scored off of Mahomes two touchdowns off of him 
from inside their 30, right? It's, it feels like it was uh, with that one pick six. And so they're not the same. But we're going to find out whether they can bounce back. This will be the first time, and we've said it before, is that they're going to have to go on the road to win a playoff game. At least that's what it's starting to look like. And it's not impossible, not impossible, that they don't win the AFC West. That's, it's, no, the Raiders still have a chance. Yeah, exactly. It's, so it's not and impossible. And that would actually behoove the Jaguars because that would mean yeah. the Raiders beat the Colts on Sunday yeah. too, which yeah. wouldn't be too shabby, which, by the way, since we're on the subject, the Raiders currently three-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Colts, although, hey, they were a touchdown-and-a-half underdog, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, going into Arrowhead yeah, last they were, Monday. They were right at a double digit, maybe nine-and-a-half to ten-and-a-half. The biggest Anywhere. underdog to yeah. ever triumph at Arrowhead in the Patrick Mahomes era. Yeah, and, and, and so you can't help but think about some of these that just kind of blow your mind and there's not a guarantee out there right now, Jacksonville included, because of the four-game losing streak that they're on. Uh, you don't know if there's a guarantee with Philly. You don't know if there is one with Dallas. The only one right now that's proving something to you is, is the team that beat the other team that you thought yep. there was no way they could lose, and that was uh, Baltimore beating San Francisco. And so I, I picked Baltimore uh, because of the injuries for Miami and because of them going on the road. I expect it to be cold. Uh, I expect Baltimore to stay hungry even after their win, that they don't get full of themselves. Uh, Buffalo, after beating Dallas at home, kind of got full of themselves, went to L.A. and and almost lost that game. And I want to see how Baltimore responds because Baltimore had two big road road games here and in San Francisco, and now they get to come back to their comfortable cold confines up in in Baltimore. Yeah, uh, I'm very fascinated by that game because I I was – Borderline about to pick the Dolphins. I, I, I was, uh, and, and and the only reason I, I like I wanted to get uh, I wanted to go against you, obviously, but I'm like I got to be smart about this. And did, was it a three and a half point line, JJ? It's a three point line. Three. So I had you know I I didn't really. Didn't I just really think, think that, I wanted to get on the other yeah. end of that. I think a lot of it is the Ravens are the home team. Say with that, you know what you mm-hmm. will. And I think in terms of defense, you obviously give the edge to the Ravens offensively, sure, Miami can do a ton of different things. And we go back to that week one matchup between those two sides last year. Yeah. Remember how explosive that was yeah. with both teams trading punches left and right? Um, I just think that the Ravens' defense will lock it down, and mm-hmm. that's that's where I give them the edge. And Raheem Mostert can be a big part of this, and he probably needs to be given a lot more And they're probably going to have to run the ball if the weather's as miserable yeah. as the military bowl two days yeah. ago up in Annapolis. Raheem Mostert is, is a stud, and, and he probably needs to be talked about a hell of a lot more than he is being talked about right now, but he's about to set the single-season touchdown record uh, if he keeps it rolling or, or touchdown record from scrimmage because he is rocking and rolling right now. All right, we're rolling into the 5 o'clock hour. We just saw Clemson fans come in here, can a couple of cold beers, and they said, where else can we go? I mean, that's what – They literally just rolled in. They're in our city. They each downed a beer and now just left. <laughs> yeah, they may be going I'm out – I'm impressed. They may be going out to smoke a heater and they're coming back. I'm not quite sure. Uh, but that's how Clemson rolls. Uh, Kentucky, Clemson, you're both invited. Bold City Brewery, uh, the downtown location, or here uh, in Riverside – on Roselle Street, we'd love to see you. Uh, you Duvalers, definitely come on by. Fill up your growlers. We had some of them come in earlier and fill up their growlers getting ready for New Year's Eve. We're going to say hello to the Mac Attack, Chris McClain. Uh, he mans the the, uh, the Queen City uh, up in Charlotte. Uh, used to be here, has been there for a long time, so we're going to talk to him about the Carolina Panthers. Coming up, XL Primetime on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. We head up to Charlotte, North Carolina, the Queen City, to say one 
Say hello to one of our dudes from back in the day here in Duval as we were at Bold City Brewery right here on Roselle Street in Riverside. They're cranking out some great craft, so we'll be talking about them all the way up until 6. You are definitely invited to drop on by, but let's say hello to the Mac Attack. Chris McClain joins us now on XL Primetime. Mac, how are you, buddy? What's up, y'all? Doing a show at a brewery on a Friday, man. I wish I was there with you, brother. Uh, listen, by the way, before we get into the Jags Panthers, uh, I go to your social on X, uh, and I see that you're that you're getting your mom into the IPA world. I am so damn proud of you right now. Oh my God! Well, that was, and that was the light night. For the the first night was my mom <laughs> drinking some Hennessy with me, and then we decided to tame it down a little bit and go to the local Carolina IPAs. So yeah, yeah. I think she's glad that I've left. I think she's glad to get a break. <laughs> We also saw you were tweeting about that bonkers Gator Bowl that happened a couple miles from us down the road here, Chris. Uh, Describe for us the Clemson fan base up there in North Carolina in light of the season they had and just how important was it to get to 9-4? and I think it was a heck of a run. I think uh, the famous Tyler and Spartanburg, I think some people want to give him a statue. Uh, they went 5-0 and after he called up Dabo's show, told him how unhappy he was, got Dabo fired up. So I noticed a lot of Tyler for Spartanburg references from the Tiger fans that I follow on social media. But, yeah, I think they're happy with You could tell by the reaction of Dabo and the coaching staff and the players, like, that meant a lot to them. You know, I know a lot of people will say, oh, based on where they've been before, you get your ninth win, it's the Gator Bowl. It's like, is that really that big of a deal? But I think you could tell based on the reaction that they were pumped up. It meant a lot. And now moving forward, we'll see what happens. I thought it was a big game for Kay Klubnick, too. I thought he really came alive in the second half, and he's someone who they're going to have to get that version of next year if they want to make improvements. Yeah, there's no question, dude. I I was sky high on Klubnik before I saw him in the bowl game going back two seasons or last season. And I'm like, ah, you know, he was kind of lukewarm. And then they made the change and brought in the OC. And anyway, I thought he'd have a better year. Dude, he did not have a particularly good year. And so I agree with you. If this is, you know, like a new building block for him, he needs to come with a, a, a more solid, complete, consistent game for Clemson to be successful next year. No doubt. I was all over them. Just mark it down, Joe, on my list of bad predictions from the summer. Yeah. Hopefully not too many people remember those. I had the Panthers winning 10 games, y'all. So you, I was slightly <laughs> off NFL. I had Clemson in the playoffs. So, yeah, I, I, I aired on a few, including my Clemson hype. I, I aired on a few predictions. Don't worry. I had the Panthers making it as a wild card as well. So uh, let's begin there. <laughs> what exactly went wrong with the Frank Reich regime? Oh, man, y'all are only on till 6. I can't possibly <laughs> answer that question in an hour. Um, it's crazy. And you have seen a little pickup here in Bryce the last couple of weeks. Uh, and and I, I don't like saying this about Frank Reich because, by all accounts, he's just a great guy. But, man, I, I, it, it was a mess over there. Um, first of all, I think it started when he got the job and he was encouraged by David Tepper to hire – outside your circle, right? Like, go get guys from different backgrounds. So they put what a lot of people, including myself, sadly, were calling this, you know, dream team, this all-star offensive staff, you know, where you have, uh, you know, Jim Caldwell and you have Thomas Brown from the McVay tree and Josh McCown, who everybody thought, oh, my God, this is the perfect young quarterback coach. And they have blended all these different schools of thought together. And I just think it was too many cooks in the kitchen. And, you know, there was a story in The Athletic that ran a couple of weeks ago that just documented, like, the, I guess what one of the sources 
told the writers was a Hunger Games um, uh, environment where coaches were going behind Frank Reich's back to David Tepper saying, you know, Coach Reich's not doing this, he's not doing that. I just, I just think that's what happens when you get so many people on different pages and see different ways of doing things. But I will say, I mean, maybe the folks who are going behind Reich's back were correct because I do think you've seen Bryce play two of his best football games here the last two weeks post-Frank Reich. Yeah, we threw out the stat earlier, the first 300-yard game. Up until that point, he had in top 200, and uh, and it does look a little bit different. We're talking with uh, Chris McClain at Mac uh, WFNZ up in Charlotte. You can find him on social, of course, on FNZ up there. So before we get to this game, because I do think – I don't think we've asked anybody inside your, you know, like your territory, was there a thought that Frank Reich wanted – C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young, and did that have anything to do with what was going down? Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about that. I hadn't really been able to confirm it one way or the other. I did have a source tell me that, you know, like Frank might have preferred Stroud, liked Bryce, but it might have gotten to the point where there was such – it was made so apparent by David Tepper, who he wanted, that it might not have been worth Frank or anybody in the organization really trying to, to push for Stroud is the way it was yeah. kind of said to me. So I don't know if Frank was really, you know, disappointed to end up with Bryce or if it was just like, eh, if it was my choice, I would have gone the other way. But I think that definitely is part of it, and that's kind of cruel, right? He loses his job midway through his first season and maybe didn't have the quarterback that he would have preferred to work with. All along, I have believed that Bryce has it in him. Like, it, it, as ugly as the stats look that y'all are talking about, I'm sure y'all have saw plenty of lowlights you know, on SportsCenter and stuff like that. I just think they did a horrible job, first of all, surrounding him. We talked about the coaching staff, right? I think, I think it was – I think that was dysfunctional for Bryce. They changed play callers back and forth constantly, which is not good, right, for a, a rookie quarterback. But then I think you look at the offensive line, they're starting to play a little better now. But, I mean, they've been one of the worst pass protection units in the NFL this year. Um, the weaponry – um, DJ Shark, who you guys know down there, he's finally started to come alive, but his season had been thoroughly disappointing until the last couple of weeks. It had got, it'd been Adam Thielen or bust, and Adam Thielen should probably be a third receiver on a team at this point in his career, a good one. Wow. But he was yeah. forced to, you know, he was forced to do everything. So I just don't think they did a great job putting coaches and support around Bryce necessarily. But I think we're starting to see some strides here the last couple of weeks, and. Uh, the optimist in me, the optimist that wanted to say they were going to go 10-7 and seven before the season, I'm starting to get my stride back. And, and Jacksonville's going to be a big game, too, because, you know, can he do it again? You know, it's going to be a big question for, for Bryce Young. What I feel like you were just describing, Chris, wasn't just Bryce Young's rookie season. It was also Trevor Lawrence's rookie season, yeah. um, right yeah. down to the DJ Chark factor. Uh, you know, it, it's there's only so much a quarterback can do when the receivers aren't getting separation when the scheme itself doesn't lend to receivers who cannot create separation. And I know that's what I've felt like every time I've turned on the tape and I've seen Bryce Young. So we've, we were there with you, trust me. Uh, we lived through that in 2021. What we didn't have in 2021 in Jacksonville, though, and what I know several Jaguars brought up to me when I was in the locker room earlier this week, is the defense that the Panthers have. Walk us through maybe perhaps why they've been so underrated this season and reveal to us how good they really are. Well, first of all, the whole Trevor Lawrence thing, uh, I brought, we brought up his name and situation about five gazillion times this year to calm down Bryce haters and doubters here in Charlotte. So I'm with you 100% on that. 
Um, uh, but as far as the defense goes, it's strange because you're getting them off like their first off week last week in, in a couple of months. I mean, you know, Green Bay really ran it on them, and Green Bay hadn't been running the ball well lately and put up 30-plus and won that game 33-30. to But other than that, the two months prior to that, which I'm hoping they revert to, I know y'all probably aren't, but they had been improving on run defense. You know, they started the season very slow against the run. They lost Shaq Thompson as kind of their run stuffer in the middle of the linebacking core. And they kind of got adjusted to that and were, doing, were playing some great run defense for about two months straight, giving up less than 100 yards a game. The pass defense had been great all year, like top five in the league, really limiting big plays. That's what Azuro Vero, the D coordinator, does. It's, you know, it's that Vic Stangio scheme, which I know y'all probably know something about, where it's just let's play this umbrella coverage and not allow big plays and, you know, um, not allow teams to, to kill us over the top. And they've been doing a good job with it. The pass rush has really been disappointing. Brian Burns has only six sacks in a contract year, which has shocked me because I thought he was going to come on a mission this year to get that bag. And it hasn't really happened. Derrick Brown has been an absolute game wrecker, though, in the run game. He's getting better and better pass rush-wise. Um, but it really is. And, and the thing that they did, they, they have J.C. Horn back now from injury. I think he's going to play, although he's questionable for Sunday. But they did it through injuries, too. So many guys were hurt. And Avera really has been the one coaching star. Him and his defensive coaches have really done a great job. Meanwhile, the train wreck has been on that other side of the ball on the coaching staff. We're talking with Chris McLean, the Mac Attack up in Charlotte at Mac WFNZ uh, when you are up in the Queen City. And, and you know, I think of Derek Brown. I think of some of the draft picks that, that have been made by Carolina up there. Uh, and, dude, this offense right now, the run game, is pee poor. It is nowhere where it needs to be. So what say you about that defensive front against this run game? Yeah, I, you know, I've been looking at it this week and, and seeing, man, the, the run numbers for like the last five weeks for the Jags have been brutal. So it's a, it's a definite opportunity to, for the Panthers to get back to the way they had been playing the run previously. I was shocked. Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones was at his season high in yardage by like yeah. early third quarter or something. Like it was just, it was out of character for the way this defense had played. I think they're going to bounce back. Then you throw the lack of Trevor in there, you know, and I, I would feel like they feel a little more comfortable stuff, stuff in the box and, 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 you know, making Beathard throw over the top of them. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I know it's not going to go over well. I'm sitting here talking about a two-win home team, right, in, 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 my, in my hood, and saying I think they can win this game in y'all's place. But I really do. I, you know, I, I think Carolina's got to be confident. They had the win on a final drive two weeks ago. Last week, I mean, Bryce rallied them two touchdowns down. They tied the game late. A controversial call played a huge role in them losing. So I think they feel good, and Jacksonville, man, I, it seems like they're at a they're at a crossroads. It's a huge game for them. So, I, at the very least, I think the Panthers are going to make the Jags work for this one big time. Yeah, not out of the realm of our reality that uh, you would yeah. you would be on our air saying that because plenty of folks who live in this town are saying as much. Chris, um, as as far as the Trevor Lawrence factor in all this comes into play. I mean, I was stunned having talked to Trevor on Wednesday, having been in Doug Peterson's press conference yesterday, when the email came across my desk as we were sitting here at Bold City Brewery and it said Trevor Lawrence is out for the first time in his NFL career. Did anybody up there in Charlotte think this would potentially be the reality? I Well, see, I've been away all week. I've been drinking IPAs in Hennessy with my mom. Uh, <laughs> of course. With the fa- matter of fact, the, the Plane family is pulling back in right now to the driveway, so you're going to hear a mass exodus of this car. 
I mean, these kids have been asking if we're there yet for five straight hours. So they are going to – I mean, my son has damn withdrawal symptoms from Fortnite. So he's going to run up to his room, and Lord knows my daughter will be right behind him. But anyway, so I kind of – I've been somewhat out of pocket. I just – I kind of assumed he was going to play. So I think my my amazing quote tweet was, wow, when I saw the story that he wasn't going to play. I'm surprised because of how much it means to y'all, but I know he's taking a beating this year, right? I mean, it's like, are we on, like, injury four? It's been a rough season yes. for him yeah, physically. Dude. All, yeah. all but one of them in the last month. Yeah, knee, ankle, yeah. head, shoulder, so. So that's that's I mean, rough. Man, I hate it for him. He's a great dude. We talked about Clemson. You know, I got a lot of – we got a lot of Clemson fans and alumni. Here. <laughs> they slam the doors here, here in Charlotte. So I feel bad for him, man. I hope he gets healthy. I, I just kind of thought – I don't know. What did y'all think? I kind of thought from the outside, like he would tape himself together and play because of how big the game is. You know? Yeah, look, I think we operated all the way up until that news came out that take it slow, make sure he's good to go, and then he's and then trot him out. And it was going to be you know one of these game time decisions for so for them to rule him out on Friday. And, and look, I think Mac, they're just basically taking a look at matchups. They they have the easiest two games remaining in the AFC. They've got to win one of them. You and and I don't think they're conceding this at all to a two win team. But at the same time. Other guys need to nut up on this football team and see if they can scratch out a win against the teams against the league's worst record. That's what it just it feels like it's going to be a good one. I mean, yeah. it feels like it, which for us is good news. Right? Us playing y'all in a close game for starters would be nice, and I do think uh, the Panthers have a chance to win it. But it definitely feels. I would, I would, I would think it would get more back on the defensive side, like the games the Panthers been accustomed to playing. Kind of more lower scoring. I was shocked the Panthers hit third. The Panthers had not scored more than 18 points in, in eight straight games last week coming in. I was shocked that they hit the 30 number, but I was also shocked they gave up 33, which has been the story of their season most of the time. You know, <laughs> they'll do just enough on one side of the ball to lose. But I would expect, I don't know, which I know, I know the defense you're saying, uh, you know, you guys uh, are looking at having some trouble, I guess, pass defense wise. But I would be shocked if this wasn't more like 2017 or something like that. Interesting. We'll make a note of that. A couple more for Chris McLean at Mac WFNZ on X, Twitter, whatever you're calling it these days. One more for me, Chris. I'm just so curious, and this has been a, a question I've had all season long. Part of why I thought that the Panthers would be a wild card team in 2023 was because the Panthers invested so much along that offensive line. If Bryce Young was going to go into any situation where, hey, they drafted Icky Aquanu in the first round the year before, they've drafted multiple guys, they've signed guys, tried to beef up that offensive line, it seemed like it was the Panthers. Why has it all gone to heck in a handbasket so quickly along that front? Well, Mia, I appreciate you noticing that the O-line going into the season was giving us reason to be positive. Because I, I swear, going into the season, I thought we had a top-10 unit on the offensive line. Put that on my list of, of mistakes in my preseason analysis. They finished the year so strong last year. Once Matt Rule was gone, Steve Wilkes came in, and they, they created the, an identity of power-running football. And they were running. I'll never forget the game here uh, in Carolina against Detroit. They pushed that team around, ran for over 200 yards in that game. And, uh, and, and the line was really doing a great job. Guys like Iquano and Bozeman um, and Austin Corbett. Well, Austin Corbett gets hurt at the end of last year, and he's out of the start of this year. And Bozeman and Iquano are guys that fit that downhill running scheme. Well, 
what they did here was they bring in a new coaching staff and they try to run a lot of wide zone and a lot of stuff that, that does not fit the offensive line near as well. And I think, I think lately they've gotten back to doing a little bit more of what this O-line is comfortable with. But I think that was the biggest problem is the run game wasn't working early at all. They spent a ton of money on Miles Sanders, and, and, and that, that investment has turned out bad. But I think it was the Corbett injury, and I think it was guys that just kind of didn't fit the new scheme, which, makes, which is crazy to me because they gave Bozeman, after knowing what hiring a coaching staff and knowing what their scheme was going to be, they gave Bozeman a three-year, $18 million deal. And it's like you couldn't see doesn't fit your own new scheme, but that's the kind of crap we've been doing around here in the front office. You don't have six straight losing seasons and be two and twelve or thirteen or whatever the hell we are now. You don't do that without screwing up over and over again in the front office. That's just one example yeah. of it. It, it, it. There's more than one front office out there that has problems, people. I think that's the message. <laughs> All right, Mac. Before you go, before you climb out of the Mac minivan, uh, what's the first thing you're going to do when you get back in that in that hacienda of yours after the five-hour uh, trek? I got to pet the dogs, man. We hadn't seen the dogs. <laughs> I had my uh, our producer uh, Flounder, a very radio-esque producer name. I had him yeah. taking watching the dogs. So I'm going to pet the dogs, and there probably will be another IPA without mom this time in my future. All right, I'm just saying. All right. That. You're the man. Happy New Year. Uh, enjoy it. We appreciate your time, and we will talk to you soon. All right, y'all. Thanks so much. Have a good one. All Thanks, right, be Mac. good. Uh, at Mac WFNZ uh, and FNZ up there in Charlotte. And, and, look, there are bonehead decisions made with every front office. I totally get it. Uh, and I feel like they've kind of uh, added up here of late uh, with this front office uh, here in town. And that's why, you know, I've been more of a balky basher than a balky backer here of late. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you've got – guys that need to step up and make plays. Luke Fortner needs to be a better player, a stronger player. Uh, was he a good draft pick when he started all those games last year? Yeah. Uh, is he a good draft pick starting all these games this year? He's more of a question mark. And so Phil Rauscher's got to tighten it up. Press has got to tighten it up. We have talked about it a bunch. There needs to be a quick game uh, moving the football. And, and I know C.J. Beathard being asked to do something like that may be a little risky this go-around because they've been putting the defense – uh, in a tough situation by not moving the chains, but they have got to come up with something to gain some consistency. Yeah, I mean, he was 11 of 15. I know it was in garbage time, but at the very least, they moved the ball. Yeah, and, and that's when guys are backing up. That's when everything's soft in front of them. They don't need to, to, to panic or stress. So I get junkyards. They uh, Junkyards are real junkyards. That's what they are. CJ also was perhaps the most pointed when I asked him in the locker room Wednesday about what Press Taylor has now dared to speak out loud, which is that – this offense has wide receivers that aren't recognizing kills and alerts at the line. Yeah. And now they're saying that part out loud. Mm -hmm. And CJ said, he goes, it's just stupid little things that can be fixed. Right. He was the first player that said, it's stupid little things, honestly. You can listen to it on our 1010XL YouTube channel. Um, and so hopefully that, you know, that sort of respect of like, hey, clean up the stupid stuff. Right. Let, let's do that. Clean that up. And I don't know, perhaps maybe a little dash of, dare I say, Zach Taylor and mm -hmm. Jake Brown and getting the ball out. Under two seconds? Yeah. Maybe, possibly. You don't have Jamar Chase or T. Higgins running out there, but at least you try to get something going in the quick passing game. Yeah, I, it makes all the sense in the world to me. Higher percentage throws, I don't need everything to live around the line of scrimmage, but those types of throws will help you, and obviously the run game will help you. So we'll see if they can get it all. Uh, we are hanging out. Bold City Brewery, Roselle Street, the production house. It's always a great place to hang out, tell stories. 
crank back some some pints, and it could be sampling with a beer flight, which means you can get all of them. Duval Light, Killer Whale, Mad Manatee, Bold City, Dukes. You can get that gingerbread uh, 1901 Red Ale, all of that stuff. Definitely drop on by. Bold City Brewery. To walk along the Big Hair, Heavy Metal Friday on XL Primetime. We are still looking for any Jaguar fans looking to head to Sunday's regular season. Regular season, not the whole season. Home finale against the Carolina Panthers. We put out the call there that if you stopped by Bold City Brewery, you came over and said hey. And we got plenty of people that have a chance. We have the tickets. We have plenty of people here at the brewery, including plenty of folks in Duval Colors. So, hey. If you're hearing this, we know we're playing throughout the brewery. Stop on over because otherwise uh, we're going to have to put those tickets up for the general public, dare I say, Josie, the rest of Nooner Nation at 527 p.m. on a Friday because uh, we got to get rid of those bad boys before we head out of here at oh, 6 yeah. o'clock. We'll make sure we take care of you no matter what, uh, but we'll throw uh, that opportunity out on the airwaves so you guys can take advantage of it uh, before we are done. Now. Uh, I want to stay in the NFL world, and then we're going to get to the college football playoff with those last handful uh, of storylines for the big games, Washington, Texas, Michigan, Alabama. Uh, But i got to throw out one more bold fact right now uh, because of, you know, we're hanging out at Bold City Brewery. I'm inspired, so I wanted to throw out one more bold fact if I could. Here's a bold fact brought to you by Bold City Brewery. Duval's first craft brewery, online at boldcitybrewery.com. So I'll just tell you this much. Uh, this is a bold fact. Uh, the Cajun fries kill. The Cajun fries are awesome. So you can get tater tots. You can get fries. You can get any of them. But the Cajun fries are good. Uh, that's for sure, along with the smash burger. All right, so last night we saw Joey flipping Flacco take the Cleveland Browns to their 11th win to the postseason as a 38-year-old. But not only that, he's the fourth quarterback that has made it in under center for the Cleveland Browns, and yet here they are. Four quarterbacks have played this year, and here they are. So, made playoffs using four or more quarterbacks since 2000. Can you name who else has been able to do it? Only one other team? Uh, There are, believe it or not, Three other teams that used four or more quarterbacks since 2000 and made the playoffs. Well, one is the San Francisco 49ers from a year ago. So let's get that elephant out of the room. Nope. No, we're not because, counting them? Because there's the, they had three. Yeah, but then Josh Johnson played in the in, – Well, played yeah. in the game, but yeah. they, to make the playoffs. Oh, to make the playoffs. Yeah. Okay, so four in the regular season. Yeah, made the playoffs using four-plus quarterbacks since 2000. JJ? The New England Patriots, the year with and, Garoppolo and Brissett. And it's, it's funny because I don't have the list of quarterbacks. I can go back and look, but no, that's not on it. And so you're looking at teams that had to go through injury-riddled seasons and had to go deep. And not only did they go to their second and third string quarterback, they probably had to go pick somebody up, which is what the Cleveland Browns did not that long ago, people. Uh, Joe Flacco was out there and available. Uh, That's for sure. All right, so you ready? Go for it. So the 
Cleveland Browns are now the fourth team since 2000, which really is a surprise yeah. that in this short amount of time there are already now four teams that have used four-plus quarterbacks that have made it. The 2015 Houston Texans did it. And I'm trying to go back because I think that was T.J. Yates and company because they definitely went through their quarterbacks that year. But they lost in the wild card round. I think it was to New England. So the 2015 Texans did it. The 2013 Green Bay Packers did it and lost in the wild card. And then the 2003 Broncos also did it and lost in the wild card. So I was kind of surprised by that. I'm like, holy smokes, this has got to be rare air uh, for Joe Flacco. But indeed, it wasn't because the other teams have been able to do it. And Kevin Stefanski, I think you threw his name out, coach of the year. I don't, I don't, I can't think of too many others that absolutely have to be up there. If Mike McCarthy is to keep, like, I don't know, maybe rebound from these last two losses and close out, maybe take the NFC East, he could be in consideration. I think if Steichen or D'Amico Ryans, make, you know, if the Texans or Colts make the playoffs, yeah. those two guys, they're and I think, to see. And as crazy as it sounds, I think Sean McVay yeah. and what he's doing out in L.A. Yep, 45 rookies on that initial 90-man roster. Yeah, and, and so there are other guys that certainly are candidates. But what Stefanski has done, it's pretty damn impressive. It's that classic football miracle. When you think about it. Because it's not just that they lost the quarterback. They lost Nick Chubb, who the offense really goes through. Yeah, because Chubb and then, and then and like we said, Amari Cooper was down last night. Now, that was a, a bad New York Jets offense, so they didn't fear it. They weren't freaking out over it. They have a good defense. Miles Garrett probably would have been given credit for two or three more sacks had he not been <laughs> held so many times. Uh, he got, you know, in other words, he drew the flag, he drew the penalty. But you know what Miles Garrett wants? He wants those sacks. Mm-hmm. He wants those sacks to pile up. But defensively, they are as solid as it gets. And by the way, Elijah Moore, who went down with the concussion, head, the concussion, the head to the to the turf, and then started having those convulsions uh, afterwards. Within seconds afterwards, he was able to get up, walk off on his own. Everything looks like it's checked out, but that was a scary moment last night. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the offense for the Browns was a little scary in the second half from that moment forth. Yeah. Perhaps it was they were a little shook from, you know, seeing one of their teammates go down. Um, Before we get into the college ranks in our final segment, though, Josie, and also Mm -hmm. I have an update on Russell Wilson, I need to get your take because you have kids. Mm Mm-hmm. You have grandkids. Got the babes. Have you seen the viral clip from last night's game of Joe Flacco late in the fourth quarter sitting on the sideline looking like he's falling asleep? Yeah, because he's an old man, okay? Let me tell you something. Getting to the fourth quarter, uh, with, with your, if you've been into your cups, ain't easy. And this old man is like, I've been beaten up. I've had to run for my life a little bit. I am kind of tired because, I look, I'm the king of TLD or, or one of my daughters or whomever. Hey, Dad. Are you awake? Because yeah, I will drift off. I mean, I'm the king of like. My dad's the head bob king, and that's yeah. what it looked like. Joe Flacco did did the head bob. Yeah, I've, I've been accused of doing that in church from time to time. Finally uh, the, had 45 seconds to put his head. Oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah, the, the Padre who's probably listening right now, he's maybe seen my head bob in church from time to time. But, you know, the, the thing is, is that I love what he said after the game. He said, I'm going to stay awake for a couple more hours. He said, because I just want to soak this in. He goes, the beautiful thing about the night game is that I can go home and I can just kind of just soak it up. And he did admit, and it's true, his kids being able to see him and understand, whereas as a 28-year-old, I don't know how many he had at so that So as point. I looked it up, his first kid was born the year they won the Super Bowl. Okay, so that's so 2011, he was an infant, yeah. 2011, 2012. Yep. And so 
you're talking about these kids, like the classic in golf is that Tiger won so much, but Charlie and Sam never really got to see him win. Right. Uh, and, and this is the same thing for Flacco. It is a cool story. Absolutely. Um, also a fascinating story. Russell Wilson just met with reporters out in Denver. He confirmed Jordan Schultz's report from Bleacher Report and Fox that the Broncos did threaten to bench him on October 31st if he didn't defer his $37 million injury guarantee. Quote, we beat the Chiefs. They came up to me during the bye week, and they told me that if I didn't change my contract, my injury guarantee, that I'd be benched for the rest of the year. He was asked if he believes he will be in Denver next year. He said he's not sure, but he would like to be. I did love how he put the tweet out, you know, God's got me. And, okay, he went to the big man upstairs. But the other thing that gets me is that this is, I believe, this is a whizzing match between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, and he wants Russ to be better than he is, and he hasn't done everything. And then other people are blaming uh, Payton for not, uh, giving Russell more opportunities to, to, to be a better quarterback. But if this is all true, and I'm not even saying just because Russ said it means it is, because I, I, I question that, but if they come up to him in the middle of the season. In, in which they just beat the Chiefs. After they just knocked off, you know, defending Super Bowl champion, and they ask him to reduce his, his, his dollars for next year and get rid of the injury settlement. Hey, stay classy, Denver. That is not a good – if that's all true. Sounds like it is. Yeah, that's not good. Sound, I mean, this is, uh, this is on video with Russell Wilson. So, apparently, a couple of reporters were in the locker room. He was standing off to the side. Yeah. And they just well, were talking. backup quarterbacks do. Right. They were talking <laughs> to him, you know, just like, you know, casual small talk. And then said, hey, would you be okay to talk? And he said, yeah, I'll talk. Oh, you better believe he wants to talk right now. Because what he's doing, he's going, okay, you made your move. Now I get to make my move. And as long as I'm in this locker room, when there's player availability, I might just pop up and say something. And this is going to come back to, by the way, Sean Payton is a, a guy who, who you can understand his personality may lead to personality clashes. But this is not his – like, in other words, we ordered whatever we ordered here at Bold City and we got what we wanted – this isn't what he ordered. He did no, not order. No, but he signed up for it, Okay, though. he did. He, he did. He willingly did. signed up for but, it. He, he, listen, he could have stayed on the sidelines. Sure. Had a swanky TV job. Yeah, he, but he might have thought he could get more out of Russ, which is what we all have had. Look, you, me, Matt, and Serge, we've all argued about, is it Russ or is it Russ? Right. Was it Was it Nate that, that Hackett that did it to him? Can he get it? And I'm sure he was intrigued because you're talking about a Hall of Famer in Russell Wilson. And maybe Sean gets halfway through this bad boy. They actually get on this little win streak. And then Russell's not doing a little extra that he needs him to do. I don't know. Again, this is just a guess. But that thing, that dude that promised him a quarter of a billion dollars, I wonder how that's all going to – Is that was that George Payton? Does that sound right? The $37 million? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no the, the overall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, mm-hmm. the general manager. Yeah, no, same, yeah. same GM. Yeah, who G- just the barely – The GM hasn't changed. Yeah, he had just barely come in. And, yep. And, Oh, my gosh. All right. Good news for those of you that are still listening, still with us on 1010XL. We have not been approached by anyone here at Bold City Brewery, despite almost every table being claimed and despite tons of teal and black. I'm not exaggerating, folks. There are people here in teal and black. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they all have tickets. They said, look, we'd love to win these tickets, but make sure. And they just said, hey, give them away. Give them away because they got their tickets. They're, They're signed, sealed, and delivered. All right, Joe, you want to give them away? Yeah, so I asked this question, and J.J. already knows the answer, so it's a a slightly different audience, so we'll make it easy. The Jags have lost three straight to the Carolina Panthers. Okay, the last time they won 
And keep this in mind, they only see this team every four years because of the way the schedule rotates. So that means they didn't they, they lost the last three, which they four years or excuse me, four years between the time that you play them. Who was the last guy to score a touchdown for Jacksonville in a win over the Carolina Panthers? The number is six four one ten ten. Give us the last guy to score a touchdown in a Jaguar win over the Carolina Panthers, and we will hook you up with those tickets to go see your cats against those cats at the bank on Sunday. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. We are wrapping up here at beautiful Bold City Brewery inside the warehouse. Everyone's bundled up. Hope everybody gets bundled up for either a fun night tonight or whatever night you choose to celebrate New Year's and ringing in the new year tonight, tomorrow night, and the next night would be all right with me. Let's let's get JJ to hit a year in review uh, and just think about some of the big moments that we did enjoy all the way through 2023. Bennett keeping it away and just sauntering into the end zone. His second rushing touchdown and Georgia throwing haymakers and building a big lead now. Kirby just got the, the bucket. Remember last year they won it, did he? And he's like off to recruiting. Looks like he's enjoying this one. Back to back, man. You do not see this in college football. Gets away. Mahomes racing with the bad ankle and all. Inside the 20, and he's taken down. Somehow, Patrick Mahomes. Butker up. Got it. And the Scheffler victory train just keeps on rolling. What a finish to save it. And back on top of the world. From sunrise to sunset. Rom wins the Masters Marathon. There are reports that John Rom is going to join the Live Tour. The Telegraph reported Tuesday the deal between John Rom and the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund, who's leading the negotiations, is imminent, may be announced in the coming days. Coming to the end of the third quarter. LeBron James, a shot in history. And he has been carted off the field. Rodemaker gets the four-man rush. Can he escape? Can he get there with his legs? Not known as a runner. Takes a huge hit. Flags come in against the Gators. And he is down and in distress. Benson. First down, still running. Trey Benson. All the way to the end zone. Hat trick touchdown from Benson. That's all it is. But there's a lot of airspace to cover for Milrow. Still looking. Firing. Near corner. It's caught! Touchdown, Alabama! Isaiah Bond! On a 
fourth and a mile. We always keep thinking we've seen it all, and we never have. Coach puts it down. Patterson's kick is up. The field goal is good! 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 The Jaguars have won it! The Jaguars have won it! They have come back from 27 nothing to win the game and move on! How good is that? What a great way to end it. JJ, with our look back at 2023, oh boy, we'd like to throw it in reverse and go back to that. Hey, now, look it's at still it, possible. Th- it's still possible, <laughs> and also look at it this way: you were treated to oh, such yeah. highs in the second half of the year last year. The vibes you're feeling now, you did feel. Oh yeah, in yeah. 2022. Yeah, yeah, Don't yeah. act like you didn't. It's just a little reversed, and hopefully, you know, the script writers that be have a more positive well, ending once the calendar gets ready because the game is on the 31st against the Panthers, and then the calendar does shift. To I thought about. Uh, well, let's go ahead and make this our takeaway right now because it's in my brain. Now, today's takeaways brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. I thought about texting Asher Grobman and see if he could write a better script for the way things are going to finish up this year because all of it was scripted a season ago, and here we are. I don't know whether he wrote a four-game losing streak into it, but we now have Mr. C.J. Beathard at, uh, taking center stage. Here's the thing. Asher actually was supposed to come to the Bengals game, supposed to come to the Ravens game, ended up having a conflict with filming, so couldn't come to either. I don't know if we need to call him up and make sure he like got the you know New Year's holiday off and we're flying him in on Sunday. Because I'm just saying, the last Jags home game, he was here. So there may be some juju to that, but obviously, uh, hopefully, even if there's no Trevor Lawrence, Clemson winning on Everbank Stadium's field, maybe that creates some sort of good juju. Maybe it gets Travis Etienne to run the ball. Um, that's my biggest takeaway. Yes, the Panthers' run defense has been good at times. Yes, the Jaguars' run defense has stunk at times. But the Packers were able to run last week. Their run game has been suspect at times. Please, for the love of all that is holy. Because for what it's worth, I covered, lest lest we forget, I did cover a C.J. Beathard Rose Bowl team that – while certainly his arm did carry them at times, it was benefited by a three-headed monster at running back. The Jags have completely neglected the run game. It's time to acknowledge it. I don't care if Tank Bigsby's a rookie and he hasn't proved anything. You got to see him. what you have. You just got to run him. Run he's, him. He's not going to be able to do anything if and you don't lather him up and ditto to Travis Etienne. Aaron Jones went over 160 yards this past week against the Panthers defense. So let's see if anybody back there can do that. And I have seen C.J. Beathard operate smoothly in winning fashion before different color uniform but we'll see whether or not he can do it uh, for this squad because that's ultimately what it is going to take to make sure and before we go another final take yeah so you have alabama i got alabama and i got texas i want washington but and i may have gone bizarro joe on that pick i don't mind alabama washington in the college football playoff we end with big john henderson who uh, Leon told us earlier he's feeling better, so that's good news. Yep. Our we're not going to take it anthem heading into the weekend. Remember, everybody enjoy, but in moderation, and rip into the new year well, with big style, okay? We had a great time. Thanks to Bold City Brewery for hosting us here. All of Duval, get ready for Sunday and enjoy it. Joe C., Mia O'Brien, JJ, for all of us here. Oh, for all of us here, happy new year when you think about – I don't know what your wishes are. I read earlier today – 
16% of the people, 16% of the people say they actually follow through on a resolution. Okay, are you going to follow through on a resolution? Well, 16 is a lucky number in my book, even before I met Trevor Lawrence. So, uh, yes, I am. Okay. Uh, I know I have my sister's wedding in 2024, so I need to stay on the healthy train because uh, it'll be heck to pay if I don't. Yeah. Well, we got music beginning at 7 o'clock tonight. The band is setting up inside the warehouse here, so hopefully you'll be able to drop on by, hit hit here or Bold City downtown. We had a great time, and, of course, uh, once the weekend gets rolling, Everybody's going to be getting geared up for a little trip to the bank on Sunday. We are out. Thanks again to Bold City Brewery for hosting us. We will talk to you, believe it or not, in 2024. Come on, don't stay good enough. Got to suck the blood out my mouth. Let's go, baby. Woo! Oh, yeah.